Are we recording? Uh, are you? Yeah, we started we a little are. bit ago, but we can reset. Yeah, technically I am, but I'm not sitting at the mic, so. Oh, okay. We're good. Done. I got a pour still. Okay. Did you guys want to talk about the trip song? Oh, yeah, absolutely. Sure. Sure. Yeah, that's pretty good audio, man. I actually heard yeah. this whiskey getting poured. Ooh, that's oh, a fancy glass. That's a really, that's like a classic uh, old-fashioned glass. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Ikea magic, my friend. Ikea, Ikea. magic. Man, those Swedes, man. They really know how to, they really know how to drink. Fuck. So, we think a good a good thing for tonight would be Krause's Whiskey Corner number one. Yep. Talk about the trip. Krause's Whiskey Corner number two. I do have an intro for you guys. You ready for this? Oh, gosh. What episode is this? Hang on. Hang on. This would be 18. Aw, we're legal for things. Some things. Uh, I mean, the things that matter, we can kill a man. We could have, we could do porn. Right. Simultaneously in in some places. Yep. Yeah. Oh, oh, guys. I have a math one. Can you guys see me, by the way? Oh, yeah, yeah we can see okay. you. Okay, <laughs> I can't see you, but enjoy. Yeah, I'm not. I'm not enjoying right now. Eh, tough. Welcome to the 1068 Pubcast, where we drink beer and we talk about shit that we find awesome. Please do not take us too seriously. We certainly don't take ourselves very seriously. Now sit back, pop a cap, and enjoy the show. Welcome to episode 18 of the 1068 Pubcast. I am your pubcaster, Miliardo. With me tonight is the guy who only ever drinks one, three, or five beers at a time because he can't even freedom. <laughs> yeah, what's up? And the guy who just herded six chickens into a coop only to find out there were ten of them because he rounded them up. Corrales. Oh. Right? Yeah, Look the math you. jokes. I'm Look so proud of myself. Yeah, with the theme, God, education. Yeah, math is power. Is it? Well, guys, this is our first recording since the Bourbon Trail trip. Yeah, yes, sir. I we guess lived, so. by the way, all three of us. Fun fact: none of us died. Yes, I, I, very true. I bragged to my wife actually about how well we did. I was like, <laughs> you know, we drank a lot of whiskey, but no one died. No one got arrested. And we, you know, we managed. We managed right. really well. We we drink like grown-ups for the most part. <laughs> Agree. No, no yeah. cops were called. Right. Right. Nobody stripped and went naked somewhere. Yeah. It was I very mean, well controlled. I mean, we drank like grown-ups that have a drinking problem, but we drank like grown-ups. <laughs> and, you know, picking housing, I splurged for you guys. Was there or was there not air conditioning on this particular venture? <laughs> I'm pretty sure I said there had to be. There was air conditioning. <laughs> I wasn't going. By I definition. splurged for my booze. I slept like a baby, man. <laughs> wow. Wall unit. Yeah, I guess we can. That's technically AC. Yeah. Oh, yeah. It counts. <laughs> I thought it was luxurious as fuck. Compared man. to last year. Yeah. As far as AC goes. Yeah. <laughs> so the audio is a little different tonight because uh, Corrales and Freedom are live, right? That's what we say when we're in person. Is it? What? I mean, we're in the same room yeah, as each other. I think that's, <laughs> didn't we used to call that live? Yeah, because you guys are there. Yeah, I physically. guess so. Yeah. yeah. 
live from South Carolina. <laughs> we barely have internet. <laughs> I am uh, in Canada, of course. So You're in northern Mexico. I am in northern Mexico. Yeah. There you go. Um, but because we are in two locations, we didn't have to have – one of the hard things about whiskey is finding stuff in three different locations. Uh, but in this case, it's just two because Corrales and Freedom are sharing and then I got my batch up here. So we're able to try some pretty sweet stuff. Corrales, do you want to go into what we're trying today? Uh, yeah. So so we are trying two different products from Buffalo Trace. Um, one is Rock Hill Farms, which has become really since our trip, um, my favorite bourbon to drink. And it, it, it's, it's sort of a shame because it is – Hard as hell to get. Um, every bottle that I've gotten of Rock Hill Farms, I've had to get from some kind of secondary market or some shady dude, uh, mm. some shady Indian guy at the uh, liquor store <laughs> in uh, in Kentucky. So why does he have to uh, be Indian? It is challenging. Yeah. Wow. That. <laughs> there went our Indian listener. No right. words. Yeah. There went our Indian demographic because the toaster thing clearly wasn't enough. Right. That, yeah. No, they were hanging on. I feel right. like they were hanging on, but that was the, <laughs> that was the last straw, right? There, well, yeah. Of impressions, you know? <laughs> right. They ruled out this right. guy that right. made right. the yeah. insinuation, but after, yeah. after what you just did, that two-thirds, two-thirds racist people, is racist. Indian people not only don't have toasters, they have no need for toasters. Right. Um, so I guess yeah. if it's hot enough, you just walk around outside with bread and it becomes toast. I don't right. know. Yeah. Yeah. All right. So... Uh, so Rock Hill Farm is really one of my favorites. Um, it's challenging to get, but it's very much worth it. I, I freaking love Rock Hill Farms. Um, and so that's kind of become like my Friday, you know, that's my Friday drink. Uh, it is from the High Rye Mash Bill from Buffalo Trace. So that includes Rock Hill Farms, Elmer T. Lee, um, Ancient Age, uh, Hancock Presidential, uh, or Hancock Presidential Reserve, there you go, and Blanton's. So those are their high rye products. Uh, and then E.H. Taylor is actually one of their lower rye. So Mashville number two has 12 to 15% rye. Buffalo Trace is sort of secretive about things. They're not, they're not as transparent as some of the other distilleries. Uh, and then the E.H. Taylor is 10% or less rye. Yeah. Um, so we got a high rye and a low rye. Um, they're aged a little differently too. The Rock Hill Farms is, from most of what I'm reading, the, again, Buffalo Trace is not very forthcoming about how old these whiskeys are. But with Rock Hill Farms, I've, I've read around 10 to 11 years old. Uh, and then with E.H. Taylor, I've read probably around seven to eight years old. Um, the Rock Hill Farms is my really my all-time favorite bourbon, but the E.H. Taylor small batch has become my, my go-to everyday bourbon, especially because my, my buddy in Indiana can get it for a really reasonable price and ship it down to me. So, uh, hey, so I'm big, helping. Yay. Yeah, so big ups to Miliardo. But, um, but anyway, so that's what we're drinking tonight, and I think you guys are going to really notice some, some interesting stuff here. This is sort of interesting, too. So <clears> obviously, I've had both, but... Freedom tried the E.H. Taylor small batch with me at Clancy's Pub in Knoxville mm -hmm. on our way home from Kentucky. Yep. And then Miliardo had Rock Hill Farms with me uh, at the Bluegrass Tavern in Lexington. And I've, I've had a lot of Rock Hill Farms since, too. But, uh, Absolutely. But yeah, I have not had the E.H. Taylor small batch. No. 
Oh, what what is also worthy of note, even though the mash bill is different and the aging is different, they are both 100 proof. Hmm. And I kind of like that for a comparison. Like they're both going to come in at that like uh, bottled in bond 100 proof. So as far as alcohol content, we don't really have to like adjust for that, which was one of the challenges with some of the bourbons on the, the tasting on the trip is that if you had a barrel proof yep. up against a non-barrel proof, what do you it, do? What do you do with that alcohol <laughs> content and the effects that that has on the flavor? Yeah. Right. Uh, but tonight they're both 100 proof. Cool. Well, do you want to um, drink one of these and then we'll go into like the trip a little bit and then we'll do the other one? I'm thirsty. Let's do it. Okay. What, what do you want to start with? Well, I mean, Grouse, it's your whiskey corner, right? I, I think you get to pick. Let's start with the younger and then we'll work up. So we'll start with the E.H. Taylor. All right. I really want to hear more from you guys than myself. Here's to cheating, stealing, fighting, and drinking. If you cheat, may you cheat death. If you steal, may you steal a woman's heart. If you fight, may you fight for a brother. And if you drink, well, friend, may you drink with me. Welcome to Corrales' Whiskey Corner. Let's drink some whiskey. That's good. Uh, Hashtag analysis. (laughs) That's good. That's good. That's so, it. I mean, I feel a little bit led in this direction, but I am picking out some of the similar flavors to Rock Hill Farms. It's not pronounced like that. Um, there's a fruity sweetness in there, mostly on the body. And then on the finish, I get, um, I, I'm going to call it, it is, it is a green apple flavor. It, it's there on the, it's on the, on the body and it's on the finish. Um, but that's really all I'm getting, to be honest with you. I, I think, I'm really, really looking for the uh, chocolate finish that I get from Rock Hill Farms, but it's not there. This is a, it's good, but it's uh sweet green apples for me all the way through. Okay. All right. Freedom. Miliardo was just really quick on his, his uh, hashtag. What the hell did you say? <laughs> on your hashtag, hashtag analysis. Well, I mean, Corrales and I have talked about this one before. And, oh, um, okay. Okay. I haven't had it yet, but like I have had a lot of Rock Hill Farms and he and I have talked about. I think it was last, whenever whenever you weren't online, Freedom, Carlos and I were talking about um, Rock Hill Farms and uh, similar flavors that we were getting, and he had mentioned to me that E.H. Taylor had a lot of those same flavors. So I kind of came in knowing what I might taste, and I did. And I regret that. Like, I, once we decided we were going to do this, I was like, shit, I kind of, I wish I hadn't have said those things to Miliardo, but, you know, I'll be honest, man, like, your tasting notes, like... You have increased leaps and bounds, man, with like the way you taste whiskey within the last year. I want to talk about that. It wasn't the last year. I can tell you the second it started. It was at Willet. And I, I wanna I wanna get into that later. But like okay. that okay. you know, there's a few life changing experiences in your life. Um, you know, getting married. Um some people, you know, find Jesus. I found Willet. Uh-huh. Um nice. and it yeah. So anyway, we'll, I'll talk more about that later. But um, okay. there is another flavor in this before Freedom does his. I mean, it is there. I swear to God, if you say it, if you say what I wrote down, I'm gonna kick you in the balls next time I see you. Your low hanging fruit. Oh, they hang low, sir. They do hang low. Um, wait, is that a good thing? I don't know. Uh, I don't think that. I don't think chicks dig that. <laughs> <laughs> oh, there's a chick out there for every kind of fruit. You know, it's just you got to find the right the right height. An angle. I think what I'm getting on the on the finish is just sort of a um, 
Sometimes bourbons have a charred wood flavor or a, a toasted wood flavor. This is a very fresh wood flavor for me. I'm getting um, almost the same way a barrel smells. I'm getting that flavor, like one of the new barrels that hasn't been used yet before it's charred. That's kind of what I'm getting on the finish. That was the other flavor I was missing. So, Freedom, do I still have my balls or am I going to yeah, eat you got uh, your balls, Nice. Nice. For now. Good. For now. All right. Um, so, what I got uh, on the nose is uh, very sweet caramel, but I also got, I think maybe what, I think we may have something similar with what you're talking about, but I attribute it more to paint thinner. <laughs> I know that's kind of weird. Don't sure. ask me why I smelled I'm not, paint I'm not thinner. Sure that that's very complimentary. <laughs> Out in the country, Freedom, what do y'all do for fun? Jesus. <laughs> We sniff E.H. Taylor till we pass the fuck out. You want to go in the backyard and drink some paint thinner? <laughs> but here's the deal. Usually when I do a smell test, I know it's probably kind of weird, but I'll, a, I'll, I'll do it at the top of the glass, but then I'll also really throw my nose in there. It's really only when I throw my nose like deep into the glass that I'll get some of that paint thinner and really astringent notes in my face. Um, but it's not unpleasant. That's the thing is it's like, how paint thinner smells, but it's not unpleasant to the point where you pull away and say, shit, get that, get that out of my face. Um, but it's, it's very pleasant smell. Just don't think of paint thinner in the most generic term. It's, it's not, it's, it's not unpleasant, but it is very sweet at the top of the glass. Right. So, I mean, that's yeah. kind of the point of the Glen Cairn glasses is to like, yeah, it kind of funnels it, funnel it. Right. Yeah. So I mean, you stick your nose down in them. You're going to hit it. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I, I like to do that anyway, just so you can at its core where it's at. And right. then after it's gotten his Opened chance up. to breathe and yeah. So, yeah. Um, on my tongue, I get, you guys chew chewing gum at all? Yeah. Yeah. So one of my favorite chewing gums when I was a kid was big red and I get a lot of big red flavor, like a lot of cinnamon. Uh, it just reminded me of Big Red. I probably could have just said cinnamon, but it really reminded me of Big Red chewing gum. It sounds fancier in a whiskey review when you actually identify the Big Red versus the cinnamon. <laughs> yeah. I've noticed this. Yeah. Instead well, of saying it tastes like grass, say it tastes like wisteria. Kentucky bluegrass. Yeah. yeah. Kentucky bluegrass. <laughs> right. <laughs> Real yeah. specific. It tastes yeah. like it tastes it like zoysia. It tastes like Bermuda grass. Right. Like, I I, I had some of the stuff in my neighbor's yard the other day, and it was, just, it was a little different than what I'm tasting now. <laughs> yeah. Maybe it was a different year. Maybe a different vintage. Right. Different vintage. <laughs> <pot>. <laughs> just out nibbling. Did you uh, you put this down in 07? Because uh, <laughs> it was a great year for side. Primo, man. Primo stuff. <laughs> Look, you gotta you gotta leave this here for another year or two. It's not ready for me to eat it it's yet. It's not ready. So, it's not yeah. ready. It's a little grainy. There's a right. lot of grain notes. Now, it's a little sharp. Unlike Miliardo, I am getting a lot of dark chocolate. I don't know how you're not getting it. That's that's really kind of blowing my mind. I'm getting a boatload of dark chocolate. It reminds me of um, super dark chocolate. It is oily. Like dove chocolate. Yeah, dove like a dove chocolate. dark chocolate. Yeah. That's not what I was thinking of. But, but like a grainier chocolate. Yes, yeah. absolutely. Okay. It's oily. It coats my tongue. It sticks to my cheeks, like the inside of my, uh, my cheeks. Uh, of course, very... Not very wait, 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 wait. It sticks to your cheeks. Like what the insides of your cheeks? My gums. My gums. Was, was that a metaphor? <laughs> on the side. I <laughs> splash it on my face like I'm getting <laughs> baptized first. That's how I drink my whiskey. Oh, please make this a song, Milliard. Ash Wednesday. Ash Wednesday. No, that's not how that works. <laughs> I'm not Catholic. I don't know. I, you got me, man. Um, 
and the last thing that I got out of it was, of course, vanilla, but more of like a vanilla extract. Vanilla extract compared to vanilla to me is less prominent um, on the vanilla, but more on the punch, if that makes sense. Almost a bittersweet. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Yeah. Have you guys, has anybody ever I had yeah. straight up vanilla yeah, like extract? Baking vanilla yeah. extract. Yeah. That's what I get that yeah. too. Yeah. How's that for you? I like it. Overall, I'd give it a four out of five. Freedom, I'm really glad you said those things because the second you said caramel on the nose, or at least on the body, I forget, but you said caramel was in there. I do get this is more of a caramel apple flavor that I'm getting versus the 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 sweeter green apple, or not sweeter, but the more green apple flavor from the other one. And I really think that the reason I'm not picking up on much else is because I came in with expectations. But like... I, I do get what you're saying about the about the the cinnamon and the and the the chocolate. It's there. Big red, big red. <laughs> yeah. So so for me, I'm getting a lot of the same stuff you guys are. Um, Miliardo, I I actually really agree with you. As much you got, you know, I really like this whiskey. Yeah. And I I believe this is going to be my day drinker until I find something better. And I I don't know if I will find something that I enjoy more on a day to day basis. What I like about this whiskey. I agree with Miliardo completely. It is sort of, it is a one trick pony. It does not have the kind of depth I think that I get with the Rock Hill Farms, but I freaking love the trick. Like mm-hmm. I just really like the flavor of it. It's really good. It is phenomenal. I'm a big fan. Yeah. So I get, so I get a lot of burnt brown sugar. It is very sweet from the beginning and, and very sweet in the body. Um, what I really do think is very interesting and unique about E.H. Taylor is you get that thick mouthfeel in the body that Freedom mentioned, but then you get that dry finish where like after you finish it, it's like, well, all right, it's gone. Yeah. And I don't find that unpleasant. I, I've actually – I found myself some of the whiskeys that I see is a little bit more complex with a longer finish like Wild Turkey. I found that I don't like them as much. Like the right. earthier, the earthier tasting bourbons. I, I like bourbons that hit you with this solid flavor and have a fairly dry finish. I don't necessarily, I'm getting to a point where I'm starting to see short finishes is not necessarily a bad thing. Is that true for all whiskeys or just for bourbons for you? I, it depends on what I want. Yeah. It's sort of like if I'm going to drink a scotch, there are certain nights where it's going to be a Lagavulin night. And I want a long finish Ooh. that's going to stay with me. I mean, God, Lagavulin stay with you for a damn hour or two. <laughs> you know, like you're walking around your house like, shit, I drank that three hours ago and I'm still tasting Lagavulin, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Some nights, some nights I want a Balvenie night. And I'll say this. Balvenie. I want a Balvenie night more often than I want a Lagavulin night. I And you guys know how much I love Lagavulin, but I have to be in the mood for that. Yeah. And so it's kind of, to me... The fact that this has that that beautiful, sweet brown sugar beginning, and, and I'm totally with you. It has that dry green apple that I really like. It's not as pronounced as it is in the Rock Hill Farms, but it is there, and I freaking love that. Yeah. The fact that it has that, I actually like the fact that it's got that dry finish, and it doesn't stick with you. I think that's not a bad characteristic of the whiskey. If that's your favorite flavor from the Rock Hill Farms, then – what this is is basically an isolation of that one thing you really like. It I is. I get that. I get how you like that. Yeah. It is. But now, but I will say it's not as dramatic. I, Rock Hill Farms, I get a lot more green apple. 
Yeah. Um, yeah. With E.H. Taylor, I get a lot more sugar in the beginning. This is a very sweet bourbon, but I really like that. What I think is really unique is a lot of the times when I drink really sweet whiskeys, they seem to have that long syrupy finish. And I don't, a lot of times I really don't like that. With the E.H. Taylor, it's like you've got this really heavy, thick body. And then after you finish it, it's like, okay, a little bit of bitterness, just a little bit, a little bit of that dark chocolate, just a little bit, and then it's gone. And I actually really enjoy that. I get a little bit of black pepper. You get a little bit of black pepper there? <clears throat> On my lips. Right, 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 right. Well, that's normally where you put the black pepper. Is it? Right? I guess. I mean, I don't know. I don't remember. that's probably a good thing for you you know and it's funny too man like the green apple thing you'll remember like at my wife's suggestion which she just gets the biggest kick out of that she opened like as much as i drink whiskey she turned me on to what has become my favorite bourbon oh yeah she can hold that shit over your head for the rest of your life she is eating it up man oh yeah so you know, when I tried it that night at the Bluegrass Tavern, man, I turned to you and I was like, holy shit, the green apple, you know? And I think that particular bottle in particular, it just had almost like a jolly rancher green appleness to it. And I love that. And so you're, you're right, Milliardo. I think in a way the E.H. Taylor kind of allow, allows me to get that flavor in a, on a daily basis. Right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, yeah, exactly. <laughs> Because the other one's just too damn hard to find. It's just too damn hard to find and too damn expensive, you know. So that's my, you know, that's my Friday. That's my weekend whiskey. Um, So, oh, oh, but what I was going to say is I was listening to uh, Bourbon Pursuit today on the way to uh, work. And I've been talking to Freedom about it. You definitely need to check it out. It's a great podcast. I've learned a lot about whiskey from those guys. So shout out to Bourbon Pursuit. Um, And I was listening to them and they were doing a blind tasting. And one of the ones they were trying was E.H. Taylor. Um barrel proof. And one of the guys said the exact same thing, man. He's like, it's really sweet. And then you get that strong green apple. And I about, but I about wrecked my damn truck. I was like, Oh hell yeah. Like, yeah, green apple, you know? <laughs> and so he was like, yeah, you get that green apple and it's dry and then it's over. Yeah. And, uh, and it's like, you know what? He nailed it, man. He's exactly right. Right. I don't want to be one of those guys that like has to hear the experts say what I say, but it kind of made me like, okay, like that really, so it's not just me, you know? And then when I heard you, when you were like, yeah, man, green apple, I'm, I'm seeing it. I just, I fucking love it. What's so interesting is that this is a different mash bill than the Rock Hill farms, but I get green apple. And what's really interesting is I tried Elmer T. Lee which is the exact same mash bill as Rock Hill Farms. And I got very little green apple. Mm. So I don't know what's going on at Buffalo Trace, but I'm like on that green apple hunt, dude. Like I want to find the ones that have the green apple because that's what I like. Right. Well, I mean, Buffalo Trace basically has your soul by now, I would think. Yeah, they got a bunch (laughs) of people's souls, dude. (laughs) Or you can't find it anywhere. I'll give Buffalo Trace a third of my soul. Wild Turkey still still has me. I I feel you. I feel you. Well, do you guys want to go into kind of what we did on the trip? Do you have anything else to say about E.H. Taylor before we wind that one down? I want to try the barrel proof. I'll tell you that. Oh, hell yeah. Was that the blue label or is that a different one? It is blue. But but there are some other blues too. The the blue labels are limited releases from my understanding. So like the four grain is blue too. (laughs) So our regular shit is impossible to find. We're going to make some shit that's even more impossible to find. You know, it's like, oh, have you, have you done any reading on the tornado release? That's the one no. I was getting. Yes. Yeah, yeah, so that's one pretty of, rare. One of their Very rare, rare, one of their rare, 
one of their rare houses. One of their warehouses. <laughs> no, they are. Buffalo Trace has rare houses. That's hundred yeah. percent accurate. Right. They don't have warehouses. Yeah. So one of their one of their warehouses got hit with a tornado and it ripped the roof off. And a bunch of the barrels were exposed to the elements for, I think, months before they were able to do the repair. Yep. Nice. It it actually ended up being a a pretty good whiskey. So they they barreled just those exposed barrels as a limited release. And uh, as an E.H. Taylor, because it was in the E.H. Taylor warehouse, which is warehouse H, I think. And um, it's... it's selling for like twelve hundred bucks, I think, a bottle now. <laughs> yeah, I guess bananas. Super. You know, you know that's how you know whiskey companies just chill. Like natural disaster, and they just they're cool with it. it it's almost like like you can't you can't kill them. If someone if someone stole which and this has happened, but let's just say for the sake of this bit, someone steals ten barrels of their their bourbon um, right when it's done and it goes missing for ten years, and then they find them, and then they would release those 10 barrels as like a E.H. Taylor lost and found limited edition yeah. aged an extra 10 years. And it would go yeah. like, fuck it. That, that's what whiskey companies are doing. And I, I love it. I fucking love it. I think it's awesome. Well, and this is definitely true of you and I, Miliardo, the last month. It's just like you hit those things and you're like, just fucking take my money. Just take my money. <laughs> like, when do you want me to like, do you want me to take my pants down or is that right. something you would like to do. like, you know, it's, like, I didn't think I was into receiving. However, I mean, I didn't know the label was going to be blue. I mean, if you had told me it was going to be blue, maybe I'd have brought some lube. I don't know. I mean, I, I just, I have a problem, man. I really yeah. do now. This, this trip has just, I, you know, I've been into whiskey for, for a while now, but this last trip has just got me so into this stuff. Yeah. And I feel like I've really started to discover bourbon. It, it, it I'm seeing bourbon in a different way now. Yes, and me too. Uh, yeah. it's, it's just opened up a lot of uh, doorways to me. And so I'm really thankful for the trip. Not only did I have an amazing time with y'all, but it, it really did sort of move my taste forward. I think when it comes to whiskey. Yeah. And I freedom and thankful for you guys racking up so I can be a huge mooch. Nice. And I'm not at all. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> Nor is he yeah, joking. I'm, He's I'm like, yep. Oh, I'm looking at his face right now. He's not sorry, Miliardo. No. He's not, sorry. <laughs> not even a little bit. I am not spending not even close to the amount of money that you guys are putting down on some bourbon. Yeah. Just so I can use you guys for it. That's smart. That's that's clever. I mean, you know. Yeah. yeah. Probably is. Yeah. Smart strategy. You know, Corrales, only one of the three of us could survive nuclear winter, and I think I know which one it is. <laughs> I just um. saw his collection downstairs, and Jesus, man. Yes. Yeah. Yep. He can. Yep. Yep. <laughs> I mean, I could be drunk through a nuclear winter. I would <laughs> starve to death. But <laughs> so, do you guys want to go into the bourbon trip and talk about what we did there? Absolutely. And he, I, I want to preface this by saying I was listening to an old episode of the Pubcast at work the other day, and there is actually a point where I say I just don't think I'm a bourbon guy, and I'm looking back at that moment because what we had we had just done, um, we had just done Redbreast and Four Roses. And, um, Balvenie and Balvenie, I latched onto. And from that point I was really drinking scotches. And then we did, uh, Wood, Woodford Reserve. And I remember saying that I just didn't think I could pick out the flavors. I didn't think I could enjoy it because of the heat. And I just thought bourbons were too hot. And I was like, I guess I'm a scotch guy. And then we did the trip and that has done a complete 180. And I haven't drank a scotch in probably since, since we got back, to be honest with you. So, um, 
I think there's something about being in the location where this stuff is being made and hearing the stories and, and visiting the places that really does make it even more of an experience than just, say, you know, Miliardo in Indiana going to a store and buying a, a bottle of Four Roses, you know? Yeah. I, for me, you know, I mean, and, and this might, I want to kind of hear y'all's take on this because, I mean, I'm, a, I'm an American history teacher. It's what I do for a living. I, I tell the American story and I, I really love the American story. Um, but for me, a big part of it is, Bourbon is, is, it is an American product. And by its very definition, it will always be an American product. And there are not a lot of things that you can really say that about anymore. And so for me, like that really resonated with me, like not only that sense of place, but that sense of almost like, I don't know, almost like an ownership of it. Like, it's like, I'm an American. This is my product. By God, I'm going to have this in my house and I'm going to drink it. So I, you know, I, that, I dig that about bourbon. Quick question. Uh, so, Japanese scotch. You, you, you get where I'm yes. going with this. Um, I don't think that's the thing. Well, but it is, and that's the problem. What's going to keep... Japanese, Japanese single malt is a thing. Japanese scotch is not a thing. What, what I'm getting at is what happens when another country decides that they are also making bourbon? What's going to happen? If the that's bottles say big, bourbon... Big, big, big. They, they can't can. put their name on it. They can't. Yeah. Says I mean, they who? Can. They can. Let, let's not get that construed. They can. Right. It they be totally right. could. It wouldn't be right. I mean, according <laughs> to 1964 law, they cannot. And there, it probably would come with some trade uh, sanctions by the United States. All right. I'm down so with that. 1964, we codified what bourbon means. Yeah. And part of that code is it has to be made in the United States. In right. order to be, I'm trying to remember all this, in order to be straight bourbon, it has to be at least two years old, has to be at least 51% corn. Uh, and then there's... Well, and, and the new charred white oak. Yeah, new yes. charred yeah. white... Well, it actually doesn't have to be white oak. Oh, okay. We yeah, why has it got to be white oak freedom? Jeez. Yeah, geez, freedom. <sighs> uh, dark oak matters, okay? Um, <laughs> but, um, yep, we're down to no viewers now. No listeners. <laughs> We still got the ladies. <laughs> yeah. Um, but yeah. white oak is, is the most available in America. It's the tight, it has tight grain, so it, it tends to make good barrels and it has a lot of vanilla, so we use it. But yeah, it, it can be any oak. And there are some bourbons yeah. that are finished in French oak. Um, so, and, and some other distilleries are starting to experiment with like different types of oak. So um, it just has to be new. new charred oak barrels. Yeah. Let's um let's run through the distilleries real quick. We'll do like a you know a quick synopsis of the different ones we went to. Holy crap! All right, right? let's yeah. we'll, we'll be quick. So like uh, you and I, Corrales and uh, Miliardo started off the trip at Angel's Envy, right? Yes. Um, real quick, that was the first time I had been to a distillery. Period. Um, small, a little bit of weird family worship stuff on the wall. Very very interesting facility. Very clean and new, and well-maintained facility yes i was impressed by that they were about to double in size too yeah while we were there. they know what they're doing in terms of they have a good location they have a good product they they're doing some innovative stuff and people are really into them and that's cool for somebody that's only been around for what was it nine ten years something like that yeah, something like that yeah yeah I, I don't know if they i don't think they've hit a decade yet right but um <laughs> It is, you know, they are really paving the way on the barrel finishing. Yes, is that their claim to fame? Then? Yes. Okay. Yeah, they. Yeah. they I wonder why they were so popular. It's it's the barrel finishing and um, 
they do have a good product. I, I'm not a huge fan, right? But I'm not. I don't dislike them. It's a solid product, and they are doing a lot with barrel finishing. Um, that's kind of become a controversial thing. You know, there are bourbon purists that are like, you know, bourbon should not be finished in in other barrels. But technically, it doesn't break any laws because you're what you're doing is you're taking the bourbon and you're finishing it somewhere else. But it's already met all the requirements to be bourbon. Yeah, but even the tour guide said something along the lines of, "Does that make it not a bourbon?" You know, he's like, eh, I don't know. Right. I mean, he's aware of the fine line there. Well, the thing is, I was listening to a, one of the podcasts, and one of the guys was like, you know, if it's finished in a different type of barrel, it shouldn't be called bourbon. It should be called something else. And it's like, it is. It's called cask-finished bourbon, you know? Right, like, right, they, yeah, they, yeah. They will tell you what it was finished in. So it's like, do we really need a new classification for I, it? Yeah, definitely not, in my opinion. I mean, I mean you think about it, because as long as it – Unless they change the law of bourbon, as long as it meets the criteria, what happens in between or afterwards, you know, you could dip your ball sack in it and it'll still be bourbon, right? I mean, because you didn't say my ball sack cannot be dipped in it. That is happening tomorrow, by the way. <laughs> You're going to dip it. I would highly recommend you do that. Miliardo is going to start a special finishing technique uh-huh. in his house, in his basement. Right. Like a, like, like a you know, like tea, you know. It's going to be that Miliardo, not so small batch. That's what it's going to be called. <laughs> <laughs> what do they call that? You're going to steep, steep it. Steeple. Steeple. Right. <laughs> yeah. Um, I can do it in my lawn chair. Awesome. I've heard, I've heard that about you. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> All right. So after Angel's Envy, was there anything else for Angel's Envy, uh, Corrales? Uh, no, man. I think, I think you pretty much covered it. Yeah. yeah I, we, I have really enjoyed the tour. I was, I was impressed with the facility. It's yeah. Small, but like you said, it's, it was really nice. Well, very well maintained. I still haven't tried it. Well, and we need to say that we bottled our own, you know, we bottled our own Angel's Envy, which was very cool. That was a pretty cool experience. And they are, to my knowledge, they are the only place really doing that. We kind of had that experience with Jim Beam with the Knob Creek. Right, right. But, you know, it was a machine process, you know, where the Angel's Envy, we really did bottle and label our own bottle, which was cool. Angel's Envy was to birth as Knob Creek at Jim Beam was to adoption. I mean, let's be real. That's what was going on. Yeah, that's kind of yeah. what was going on. Yeah. Yeah. We just lost all of our uh, listeners that have adopted children. <laughs> no, it's cool. I mean, you know, you still get to like spend a lot of money. You just don't get to have any fun. It's, oh. it's fun. Yeah. <laughs> um, but after Angels Envy, we went to uh, – what was the next one? I'm spacing. Uh, oh, Woodford Reserve. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. We went to Woodford Reserve. We so, time traveled to Woodford Reserve, which oh, is pretty cool. Uh, tell them. Go ahead and walk them through that, Miliardo. So Corrales can't do math, basically. So we were going to be late to this tour at Woodford Reserve. Okay, so hold on. I'm gonna, <laughs> no, no, I'm going to interject. Corrales planned an entirely amazing trip for you fuckers. Totally, 100%. And, and he ran a tight ship because yes. we crammed a lot into these days. And much like pirates on a tight ship, not good at math. Yeah. But yes, Corrales so. is not great at math, and Corrales <laughs> did not factor in one that the Henderson was going to be such a good cocktail at Angel's Empty, <laughs> hanging out at the bar for so damn long. And it was a good two, cocktail. I did not factor in um, the fact that we were going to be in Louisville rush hour. Right. Yeah, that was the the real thing. But so what he wanted me to walk you through, Corrales was just talking about, was that we're on the drive to Woodford Reserve. And uh, we know we don't have a lot of time, so we're going uh, modestly above the speed limit, right? And then I run out of gas, 
and I look at the GPS and I look at the tank that's like, you have 13 more miles until you are fucked, basically. And GPS says 19 miles. I'm like, well, that's not going to math. So I'm like, bro, got to get off <laughs> and get some <laughs> get off and get some gas. So he's like, nice. oh, shit, I'll do what I can. So he, he heads on and I get off to get a tank of gas. I stop, pump a tank of gas, and I decide I'm going to uh, a time travel. And all you need to know is that I stopped to get gas and then arrived at Woodford Reserve at the same time he did. And that's basically proof that um, – the Camry can time travel. That's that's what I, I'm going to say. Yeah. So what I heard this was kind of like the I, me freedom. I, I I was unable to attend this particular distillery, but I heard this was kind of like the mecca as far as groundskeeping and how the, no. the aesthetics of the place. No, no was that not Woodford? No. Mecca is gross and people die. This was <laughs> Disney World. All right. Disney this World. was. That's what it was. Every blade of grass was carefully trimmed to the ideal. Uh, aesthetic height every horse was winning in just the right pitch the sun i don't know if they allowed the sun to set before they were ready for the sun to set i mean it was that kind of place um you got to think about the amount of money that goes into groundskeeping to make something that pristine but it really was just of all the distillers that i went to that one gets the award for the most pristine experience in terms of aesthetics um, and I say that being not a huge Woodford Reserve fan, but it was just like Corrales and I constantly found ourselves looking at each other and just kind of laughing like the fuck. You know what I mean? It's just like, of course, of course, there's gently flowing water. Of course, there's a beautiful sunset right there. Woodford clearly understood the power of image and that when right. people drink whiskey, they don't just drink for flavor. They drink for memories. Right. Yeah. It really is one of those things. Like people, people put a, a time and a place with the drinks that, that they like. And Woodford, man, I mean, like you said, man, Disney World. And, and from a history perspective, a history geek like me, the fact that they purchased the old Crow distillery, mm-hmm. the, old, the old Oscar Pepper plant and renovated it. I think it's one, I think it's really, um, What's the word? I really commend them for it. Well, and it's not just because they purchased and renovated something cool. It's that Woodford, being on the LeBro and Graham uh, distillery site, they already had connections to Crow. Oh, absolutely. And the fact that they reconnected with Crow is even cooler. You know what I mean? Absolutely. It really is. I, so I really commend them. I'm, I'm like you, Miliardo. I don't dislike Woodford, but I don't get excited about Woodford. Um, it's a solid bourbon. I've definitely moved to a point where it's, you know, it, it doesn't hit the the top of my record books. Right. But man, what an experience. So like yeah. my hat goes off yeah. to what they've done to that distillery. Cause any friend that comes to me and is like, I'm thinking about going to do the bourbon trail. Uh, you better believe Woodford reserve is going to be high on my list of places to see. It's necessary. And I mean, even like the ridiculous, who else has vats that are open for you to look into that are made out of planking, salvaged from georgian Georgian swamps it's like you seriously that's what you're doing everybody else has these steel vats and you're salvaging planks from georgian swamps okay and then you're like descending down this stairwell into this enormous like dwarven vault with these enormous copper stills and it's just like okay you guys get it you get aesthetics beautiful (laughs) beautiful got nothing else to say where'd you go after that after Woodford Reserve, we went to um, 
a bar in Lexington. I don't remember the name of it. It was that he one cross. Was... Didn't he just say it? Was it the Bluegrass Tavern? Yes, Bluegrass Tavern in Lexington. Yeah. So we were there, and I was all so burned out on bourbon because I went there not being a big bourbon fan yet, right? And then we had been having bourbon all day, specifically Angel's Envy and then Woodford Reserve. And then we go to a bourbon bar and start having more bourbon. And I'm suddenly realizing like, man, my taste buds are fritzed out. Like I can't, I can't even like really process this stuff anymore. Corrales was talking about how the Rock Hill Farms for him was this great experience. And he was like, oh, I'm tasting these flavors, right? Mm -hmm. For me, it was just like. All this shit tastes the same to me now. Like my my taste buds are done. Compared to the bracket, though, was it at the, about the same level or less or more? Because I mean, after the bracket, I was like, "Good lord, there's no way." For me, the bracket was fine because basically that night was my rock bottom in terms of taste buds. Like I was fritzed, I was done. And then Will it the next morning, and that's why this you know that place is important. Will it the next morning was like a rebirth for me for for bourbon. That kind of changed changed everything. So Yeah, I think we both, in a way, had a disappointing experience because I wanted you to be able to taste what I was tasting. But yeah, I think you your taste buds were just done. I mean, we, we had had a lot of whiskey. Yeah, and I, I was just trying to figure out whether I was a Colt or Philly. I mean, that was the, the summary of the night at uh, that particular bar. Right. Because it's bullshit that you have a bar and you have restrooms and all you say is Colton Philly. What the fuck am I supposed to do with that Bluegrass Tavern? <laughs> like, right. that's some bullshit. I'm an out-of-towner. I don't know what the fuck that means. <laughs> All right. Hey, hey, Corrales. Um, am I a Colt or a Philly? <laughs> <laughs> you whatever what you want to be. Said is, yeah. what I, yeah, exactly. What I should have said is, hey, you know what? It's 2018. You do what you want to do, man. <laughs> You do you, boo-boo. <laughs> do you. If Caitlyn Jenner can be a Philly, so can you. Right, right, yeah. There went our transsexual uh, listeners. But anyway, <laughs> man, Bluegrass Tavern, just holy shit. You know, you, you walk in and it, they had over 250 bourbons um, to choose from. And that was like a lot of places claim to have a bunch of whiskey. And then you get there and a lot of the whiskeys on the menu aren't really there. They had everything. They did. But then you start asking them for prices and you're like, oh, okay, I see why you still have that, you know? Yeah. I mean, we walked in and I saw a William LaRue Weller from the Buffalo Trace Antique Collection. And I was like, how much is that? And he said, I think it, what, it was 150, 140. Yeah, it was nuts. It was insane. It was bananas. And I'm like, well, you can just keep that shit, you know? But at the same time, <laughs> we had $6 pours of Weller. Right. And then I had Rock Hill Farms for 20, which isn't awful, you know, for yeah. a, a hard to find bottle. So and then the we, we met some some whiskey guys that like showed me that I've only tipped the iceberg on whiskey geekdom. And um, freedom, just so you can kind of get a taste of what this was like. It's kind of like when there's like a kid playing basketball and he's pretty good. Right. And, you know, he's dribbling, he's he's shooting, he's like, you know, two foot six, right? He's, he's a good basketball player. And then LeBron walks on the court, and the kid looks at LeBron <laughs> in the eyes and is like, oh, so that's what it means to be a basketball player. <laughs> Got it. Yeah, this guy's he's drinking like a J.W. Dant from 1973, and he let me try it. And it was not that good, to be quite honest, but he let me try it. And I was like, man, this guy's taking, like, this. 
it, it showed me a little bit of like how deep the water can get when you really get into bourbons, you know, and now I own a prohibition era mini bottle of old crow. So she does. Right. I'm getting there. That's right. Yeah. yeah. And, and do you remember uh Miliardo? They told us about, about a, 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 um, cigar bar called like Jake's uh, cigar bar. Yeah, I do. And we met one of the bartenders and he gave us like a, his card and like a discount if we came in. But it was like, come in on a Thursday or a Tuesday between three and five when Mike's not there. Right. It was this really sketchy thing. Like it, didn't, it felt wrong. Right. Well, here's here's the deal. So they were on, those guys were on the Bourbon uh, Pursuit podcast that I listened to this morning. Apparently, they do some of the best barrel picks in Kentucky. No shit. Yep. They, uh, in particular, I was telling Freedom that you can get, you can get Buffalo Trace single barrel barrel picks and apparently they're known for picking some of the best like they have their own club there that if you're in the club you get access to their barrel picks so we're gonna definitely have to go check those guys out next time we go to kentucky put it on the list (laughs) there you go all right so what we did uh after that though we went to will it the next morning freedom still hadn't quite gotten here yet but we went to will it that next morning and that was where everything changed for me because um, what I think it was, I think we had a, not a tour guide, because all we did was we were in a room doing tasting, but we had a tasting guide. Yeah. Which you like Willet so much that I think next time we go, let's do a tour of Willet. I, I think oh. that would be, that would be cool for the next trip. Absolutely. Yeah. But what she did so well is that she, unlike the Angel's Envy guy and unlike the lady at Woodford Reserve, she was able to say some things that made me taste things in the in the bourbon. She made some suggestions, kind of the way that you two do, when you'll say something that you're tasting and the way you're doing it, and it, it enables me to taste it too. And that I don't know why that worked for Willet, but not for the other two places. Maybe it was just a fresh day, fresh taste buds, but that was the first time I tasted chocolate in a bourbon. Yeah. Basically, it changed the way I looked at bourbon and the complexity. I, I kind of started to get what bourbon was. And from that point on, I had a phenomenal trip. So Willet, to me, was just the turning point for me. Yeah, that's awesome, dude. I, re- I remember seeing sort of things kind of light up. Yeah, you had like a breakthrough moment, man. Yeah. I think a lot of it maybe was a culmination of the fact that you really were, I think you really were learning some stuff earlier in the trip. It was just too much shit going on. And I think you just needed a night to sort of rest your taste buds you know, and, and hit it fresh the next day. And, and yeah, you know, that tasting just sort of opened some stuff up for you. Yeah. Which was sort of funny because you had that experience. And I'll be honest, like that morning, man, like we're at nine thirty in the morning doing a bourbon tasting. I felt like my taste buds were fried when we were at Willet. <laughs> we know how to ball, but like this is, so this is my review of Willet. I say that I get a floral scent on the nose, a personal first on the body. I get a rich chocolate flavor, another personal first finishes, Finish is absurdly smooth with a hint of cinnamon, yet another personal first. And that was that experience. It was like, not only was it getting those new flavors I'd never gotten before, but it was breaking it up into nose, body, finish on a bourbon. That was all very new for me. It was it was awesome. Big fan of Willet now. Cool, man. All right, where'd we go next, Corrales? So, yeah, so so after Willet, we went to Heaven Hill, which was, a, I mean, it's a stone's throw away. Uh, it's very, very close to Willet. Uh, there in uh, Bardstown. And uh, yeah, so we went to Heaven Hill, their bourbon heritage. Um, I don't know if they call it a museum, but it is a museum. 
And it's also where their rack houses are. It's not where their distillery is located, but it is where their uh, rack houses are. And so we went there and we did a rack house tour. And then I believe we also did the bottled in bond tasting, correct? Yes. Yep. So we actually did two back-to-back uh, tastings um, at Heaven Hill. And uh, it really got to try some pretty cool stuff. I think uh, I want to say on that tasting, we we got to try, we tried some Henry McKenna. Basically, we tried all their bottled in bond um, bourbons. And they have more bottled in bond bourbons than any distillery that I know of uh, in Kentucky. Um, so anyway, that was that was very, very cool. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And the fact that we did two back-to-back tastings, I think we ended up trying 10 different products while we were at Heaven Hill. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And yep. Heaven Hill was where I first noticed the black trees, which was one of my favorite parts about the trip, oddly enough. Yeah. So if, about that. Yeah. Really cool that that uh, fungus or whatever that, that eats the sugars out of the angel share. And yeah, at first we were just like, these are interesting trees. And then later on, we noticed that, wait a minute, that's a different type of tree and it's black too. So... Uh, yeah, yeah my exact cool. quote to you was like, I'm going to go to Home Depot when I get home and get me one of them black trees because I had no fucking idea. <laughs> but it was uh, all you all you really have to do is you just have to start distilling at your house and you, you can have <laughs> black trees all over the place in your front yard. That's right. Yeah. Yeah. The cops might have some questions for you, but, you know, uh, you'll have black trees. So the next place we went to Corrales was Jim Beam. And that's what they that's what we we learned more about the black trees there, because yeah. wasn't that the next trip? Uh, that was the next, well, wait a minute. Yeah, you're right. You're right. You're right. Cause we were working our way up sort of towards Louisville. So we were headed north and yep. out of Bardstown. Yeah, you're right. You're right. So yeah, we went to Jim Beam and Jim Beam has a lot of big old white oak trees, which is interestingly what the barrels are made out of and right in between all of their rick houses. Not white. And uh, yeah, super black. So <laughs> then we were like, okay, wait a minute. And then, yeah, it ended up being the a particular type of fungus that grows on the trees. And apparently uh, uh, police officers and stuff back in the day used to use that to go after moonshiners and try to figure out where they were located. Yeah. So, yeah, that was where we learned more about that. And um, because it wasn't just on the trees there, I had to ask because it was on every tree. It was on every wooden fence post. It was on brick. It was on stop signs. It was on the rick houses. And at Jim Beam where they yeah. paint them black, you don't notice that. But at Willet and a lot of the other ones that were white, you saw this black crap dripping down the sides that looked like mold. A little creepy. Yeah. And then um, they're very happy to tell you, no, not mold. It is, in fact, uh, this black fungus that feeds on the sugars from the from the evaporation. So, Yeah, that was pretty cool. I actually got a picture uh, later when we went to Wild Turkey. I got a picture with a stop sign that had the black stuff growing on it yeah. at, that, yeah. at that intersection we stopped at. Yeah, that was pretty cool. Was that before or after you drove away without freedom on purpose? Was that... Uh... That was probably about the same time. That was right before. <laughs> right before I drove away um, several times. Um, yes. Yeah, one of my favorite right. parts of the trip. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> um, but uh, Jim Beam, all I'll say about this, it was a city. It was this massive post-apocalyptic complex of equipment and facilities and outdoor metal staircases and it was just it was where you would run and hide from zombies basically it was this enormous facility uh all about making making bourbon very cool yeah i really liked the tour guide that we had at jim bean um so that was cool i also really liked the way they did their tasting where you get to pick 
like they have those machines where you you put your card in and you get to pick which because they have such a large product line you got to pick what you wanted to try i thought that was pretty cool yeah that um, was i cool. also you know at jim beam we had that kind of surprise knob creek bottling I didn't even know that was a yes. thing you could do. So it's like, yeah, take my money, you know, Jesus, yeah. you know. And um, that was the first time I felt my pants get unbuttoned without my consent. But yeah, I <laughs> right, exactly. Yeah, you're like, you're like, are you kidding me? Like, are you kidding me? Take my money, jeez. So my thumbprint can go in the wax. Does it have to be my exactly? Thumb? Okay, yeah, my yeah. pants are coming down, right? Yeah. So that, that was so cool, man. Like, you know, that gift, I think was one of my dad's, it, it was one of my dad's favorite gifts, you know? So, yeah. so to, for the listeners or whatever, I, I had a, a bottle of Knob Creek that I bottled, sent it through the line or whatever. And, uh, when I did the wax on the top, I put my imprint of my middle finger on the top of it. And then <laughs> I, um, I engraved it with piss off the devil, which is the last line of one of my dad's favorite toast. And you guys know how my dad likes giving toast. Uh, so I did that and uh, I took it to work. So so he works at a mechanic shop and on uh, a lot of really cool dudes. And and on Wednesday, they have Whiskey Wednesdays. It's the coolest thing ever where one of them will bring nice. a different bottle of whiskey in and they'll, they'll enjoy it while they're working. <laughs> so I can really get behind that. And so I, I went on a Wednesday morning and I took my daddy's Knob Creek and then I took a bottle of that uh, Weller Special. The green label. Oh, nice. Because uh, I knew they hadn't had it because it you you don't buy it. Around you here. just don't see it down here. And, yeah. uh, you know, we all enjoyed that. And I, I told him about the trip and all. Had a real good time. So so that was really cool getting to bring that home to him. That was a big hit. Very cool. Could I, could I have put my penis in the wax? Because that would have been, been great. I'm going to be real. It was kind of hot. But, I like it. <laughs> then, yeah. <laughs> dip it in there, buddy. You could probably, <laughs> for you, you could probably get the whole thing in there. You could probably get the whole imprint. Right. Maybe. Right. Yeah. Maybe. Maybe you could do like a, a few rounds of it, yeah, tic-tac-toe board. Um, right. <laughs> it's the wrapping it around the leg part that just takes a while. <laughs> right. Unwrap it. Right. Right, 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 right. And after Jim Beam, we finally connected with our other brother from another mother, Freedom. He was there. Um, and so, Freedom, why don't you walk us through? What was the first thing we did the next day? I believe it was uh, Wild Turkey. Mm -hmm. I think it was the first one that we went through, uh, went to. And one of the more memorable things that I got from outside of the history was how short people had to be to walk through the Rick houses <laughs> because <laughs> they weren't swear, made for man, if they didn't have, I mean, I'm sure it was fine without all the like fire safety equipment, but with the sprinkler heads, like gouging at my skull, it was really hard <laughs> to walk around in those things. Um, but yeah. it's still really cool. I mean, the mass, massive rack or rick houses and black shit everywhere. But it was also a really cool view from the uh, little visitor center. It was over, uh, I don't remember the river that it was on, uh, mm. on mm. History Guy. I'm just going to call it the Wild Turkey River. Yeah, it's yeah. a Wild Turkey River. Yeah, it's that's a what it is now. Look it up. Yeah, uh, it's uh, it is it is somewhat unironically called the Kentucky River. <laughs> of <course it> <laughs> See, Wild Turkey River. We're gonna rename it. It's that's that's a much better name. But there were there was a huge bridge. I think two really huge bridges that you could see in a nice big panoramic view and a really cool outdoor area. Um, it's also where I nearly got abandoned by by one of my brothers. <laughs> it wasn't a cool moment in the trip. Um, <laughs> it was infuriating. 
What happened? I mean, it really depends on which seat of the car you were in. If you were in the front seat, it was not a cool moment. I didn't. I thought I had a ball. I had a blast. <laughs> but I'm glad Freedom brought that up. Wild Turkey really is in a cool spot because it, it yeah. really is sort of like high up on this this high hill. I mean, you really feel like you're in the mountains. There's this beautiful it's trestle. Yeah, yeah. There's this beautiful trestle that goes over the river. I mean, it, it was um, you know, it was a simple distillery. You know, very simple. It wasn't on Woodford Reserve. It was no Disneyland, but it was in a beautiful location. Um, and they have kind of a pretty cool little museum and all there too, which was nice. Now, the only thing that yeah. I think most of us disliked was one of the tastings. What what was the uh, the flavored oh. thing that we? Oh, that was bullshit. The spicy one. Yeah, the hot. Um, it was like a cinnamon thing. Here's my beef with that tour. Wild Turkey has so many good product lines out there. I have like a handful of them up here, and they don't have to be all hard to find things. Forgiven, for instance, not a hard to find bourbon, at least not up here. Not expensive bourbon. They could have given us some forgiven, but instead they give us this honey liqueur bullshit. And it's just like, I mean, that, that tarnished the experience. But I will say the wild turkey tour guide that we had, hands down my favorite tour guide of all the tour guides. She yeah. was awesome. She was she was awesome. Yeah, and, and it's funny. So when I so on Tuesday when I went to I, I got to meet Eddie Russell and he signed some bottles for me. Um I told him about our trip and I told him about how we were doing this blind taste test with like what, 36 whiskeys and all. And, and yep. he, anyway, he, he was really digging our trip yeah. and uh, I told him we enjoyed the distillery and, and we really liked the tour guide and how like, you know, she was no bullshit, man. Like she just, she shot it straight, you know? And, um, and he asked me what her name was and I just could not remember it. Lou Ann. Mary Lou. I thought it was Honestly, like Tammy Lynn. Two names. It was a double yeah. name. It was like yeah. Tammy Lynn or something. Something like that. It was something like that. But um, I told him, I was like, well, she was little and, you know, kind of cute and um, and was super Southern. And he was like, well, we have a couple of those. <laughs> and I was like, well, that's the, best, that's the best I got, Eddie. I'm sorry. But um, anyway, he... I think she was blonde. I think she was blonde. Yeah, yeah, she was. Yeah, but uh, but yeah, it was it, that I, that was my favorite tour guide for sure, and um, you know, really cool location of that distillery. So that was that was cool. And before we move on, I I looked up that the bullshit drink that we did not like, and that was Wild Turkey American Honey Sting. Sting. You know, and I've had the regular uh, American Honey yep. too, and it's just as much a bullshit. Yeah. You know, I, I'm just yep. not into flavored whiskeys. I I, it, I never will be. You know. And there's nothing wrong with that if you like that. But the point is, like, you're you're paying money to do this tour. You're experiencing this, the facility. They have so many product lines that should not have been one of their four. You know what I mean? That that was that was my beef. Agreed. Yarp. So freedom. We were getting getting you caught up here. What was the next place we went after Wild Turkey? Uh, four Roses, from what I recall, and yes. uh, really unique in architecture. More than anything that I remember, I remember it was a lot of terracotta, like California style. I think is what they're what they called it. I think the uh, founder was from California and just brought that style back to the architecture. It was the uh, I think it's called terracotta, the, the that type of shingling or uh, or whatever it is on right. The, the Definitely top a Californian. That. Yeah. Um, was it banana terracotta? <laughs> banana, <laughs> banana, 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 terracotta, banana. Terracotta pie? Was that what it was? No? 
Just me? Anybody Sorry, catching on to that? I'm not putting up what you're bringing down. I don't know. No, just me. It's cool. Oh, uh, that's uh, System of a Down, <laughs> isn't it? Is it? Yes, sir. <laughs> okay. Yes, sir. Sorry, continue. Yes, that's what it is. Um, <laughs> I don't remember getting much out of out of the tour. It, it was a shitty tour. Um, uh, and and I was disappointed, but I kind of knew it would be because they're they're so under construction right now. Yeah, that's that, most that, places that they you, you they really couldn't do a full tour. And they to be to their credit, they were really upfront about that when I booked it that it was going to be a really limited tour. I mean, how much that tour was super cheap though, wasn't it? Yeah, it was five bucks, and you get a so for your five yeah. bucks pays for your tasting and your glass and a glass, yes. yeah. right? So you you pay five bucks, you get a glass, and you get tasting, and you get a, a a little mini bullshit tour. But still, like that's I would pay that for the glass. You know what I mean? So it was it was worth. Yeah, it. Yeah, hell yeah. It's it's hard to I mean it's hard to be pissed off at that. Yeah, no, definitely not pissed. Yeah, and we didn't get any bullshit tastings out of it too. Well, right. actual. Yeah, and, and not <laughs> only not only that, but the guy who did our tasting in our tour. He he kind of like he geeked out with he, us he a little out. bit. He did and and gave us some insider scoops and he actually sent us to that liquor store. We he did. He sent us to the liquor store I where like you got your uh, Weller one seven five. Yep. And I got another Rock Hill because yep. I don't I don't have any self control. And I got one of those as well. Right. Same place. No 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 oh, no. You got place. yours with sketchy Indian guy. <laughs> this was a different sketchy Indian guy. That, oh, that the nice. Roses got <laughs> this was this was the drive-through, the drive-through okay. liquor place. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. I was there with you guys. I, I just didn't buy anything. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The yeah, the Four Roses guy was the guy who tipped us off to that. Which for our listeners that don't know what that is, it's exactly how it sounds. <laughs> right. It's more like a uh, place you get your oil changed kind of thing. <laughs> yeah. Like yeah. a garage with liquor on both sides. Yeah, on yeah. the walls. Yeah, you get there cool. within the Google Hour recommendation, right? And then you like walk into the adjoining business and you're like, when does this guy get here? And they're like, I don't know, just kind of whenever he shows up. You're like, okay, so it's that kind of place. <laughs> All right. So we just dropped the, uh, dropped the uh, tailgate and just waited for what, 20, 20 30 minutes or so? Yeah. 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 True story. Hey, yeah. you know, it was worth the wait. We it got was. Some, we got some good finds. I'm not complaining. <laughs> All right. After Four Roses, was there anything else that day, distillery-wise? Uh, no, no, there was not. It was not uh, until the next day that we went to Buffalo Trace. Yes, and that was the last one that the three of us were on together because I went home after that. But Buffalo Trace, yep, man, <sighs> beautiful distillery. An- another really beautiful distillery. It is, and th- they didn't have the same sort of like comical absurd you feel like you're being tricked sort of beautiful like like uh woodford reserve did but it was something else to be in a facility where 20 human beings were actively working wrapping more blantons and packaging all these fucking blantons than you could drink in a lifetime yeah and none of them you could touch or molest you know just like stripper rules you can't touch or molest the goods you just gotta sit there yeah. and watch the Blantons roll past you. All the pretty horses. Yeah. Although, although um, the the people on the line were super friendly, kind of joking around with our tour guide. I thought I thought that was pretty cool. Uh, the one dude was giving the he gave little Blantons toppers to the kids. So yeah. so that was pretty cool. And and yeah, I want a Blanton topper. To Am I too old to also get a free Blanton topper? Yeah. <laughs> That's how I felt too, man. I was like, hey, bro, like you know, holla at your boy. Like I'm, come on now. Kids at heart here. Kids at heart. But yeah, Buffalo Trace. Stunningly beautiful, awesome tour. I really enjoyed hearing the history of Buffalo Trace. Tour guide was funny. 
they know that they are the hip and the shit trendy buffalo. Well, not just that, but they're the shit. They're so they're hip, they're trendy, and they have the quality product to back it up, and they know it, and they kind of have that swagger about them through the whole facility, and that's just a cool place to be. Yeah. And he really geeked out with us some too. We talked about how, you know, the OFC limited editions coming out. We talked about um, you know, the the old distillery going all the way back to actual Colonel Taylor, which, you know, we're drinking his namesake, um, whiskey to diet. So uh yeah, that was that was really cool. I I mean, I'll be honest, man, I, I had a blast at every distillery. Yeah, me too. Do we want to talk about favorites yet or we will, but you guys gotta keep going because you guys did more. Yeah, we just right. we have two more. All right, so you guys take it over. Uh, let's see. After Buffalo Trace, I believe it was uh, we went to Bullet, uh, which is the old Stitzelweller um, distillery, and that's where. Did we even know that it was the old Stitzelweller? I, I did. I didn't know that. Um, and Stitzelweller is no longer a thing. Yeah, I mean that. Uh, so, so for our listeners, our, the one or two that we have left after all of our uh, culturally insensitive comments tonight. Um, that would be white males between 27 right. and 42. Continue. Yeah. There you go. Okay. So those guys. Um, so so <laughs> Stitzel Weller is where, you know, like right now, Pappy Van Winkle is, you know, the big thing. Pappy Van Winkle was one of the last, uh, uh, I, I think he was a master distiller, but definitely one of the last managers of the Stitzel Weller plant. So that's where the original Old Fitzgerald was bottled. That was sort of their flagship um, that's also where, uh, for a long time, um, uh, Weller, uh, Weller was a Stitzel Weller product, uh, and was eventually purchased by Buffalo Trace. And then Old Fitzgerald was purchased by, uh, Heaven Hill. Um, so Stitzel Weller has a lot of history. A, a lot of the brands that people really have a lot of respect for today, uh, really can trace their beginnings back to Stitzel Weller. Yeah. So, and Stitzel Weller is currently being used by a couple of different distilleries. Bullet's the biggest. Yeah. Those are also where the a lot of the orphan uh, barrel bottlings are being held. Some of them are coming from there. A lot of them are coming from the old um, old Burnham's plant, mm-hmm. I believe. But um, yeah. that is also where Blade and Bow comes from. Mm-hmm. And I.W. Harper, I believe. Yeah, I.W. Harper is the other one. And old so, Fitzgerald, uh, right? No, uh, that's where it not used, anymore. Yeah, it used to be. Did not know. Damn. Yeah. So uh, yeah, original <laughs> original Old Fitz was was uh, Stitzel Weller. Uh, Old Fitz today is owned by uh, Heaven Hill. Oh, okay. Um, so Stitzel Weller is known for their weeded bourbons. Yeah. And so yeah. Weller is the weeded bourbon that got bought up by Buffalo Trace, whereas Old Fitz is the the weeded bourbon that got bought by Heaven Hill. Gotcha. And doesn't uh, doesn't Weller still have some Stitzel juice in it? I think. Um, they won't. It, it won't anymore. No. Um, there's uh, some pappies, like old pappies, twenty three or something. Yeah, I don't even know if twenty three still has Stitzel. It it some of the twenty threes might still have some Stitzel juice in it. Stitzel. Uh, I'll tell you too what I found out has some old Stitzel in it. The uh, Jeffersons. Mm-hmm. 18-year presidential select mm-hmm. is Stitzel Weller juice, okay. which is one of the reasons why it is such a so, high demand. That's right. why Stitzel has such a high regard for, yeah. its, for its juice. <laughs> yeah. So. Stitzel really paved the way in wheat, weeded bourbons, um, in, including, of course, the most famous weeded bourbon, which is, which is Pappy's, which is now owned by Buffalo Trace. Well, I won't say owned. It's produced by yeah, Buffalo Trace. It's still owned by the Van Winkle family. 
Yeah, if there's one thing that I've learned is that nobody owns pappies. Nobody can afford to own pappies. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Uh, True story. A couple other cool takeaways I got out of it. The the tour guide was a former uh, Cooper. Oh, yeah, that was right? really cool. And so he had a lot of knowledge to share on us on how the barrels are made and produced. But, I mean, the guy couldn't have been older than 30 years old. Oh, no, he was definitely younger than us. Yeah, yeah. he was very young yeah. and very knowledgeable about, A, the history of bourbon. I mean, I guess you kind of have to be if you're yeah. living in the area, and especially if you're from the area, but had the background of Cooper which made it even more interesting to listen to what he had to say. So between Buffalo Trace and what this guy at Stitzel slash um, Bullet had to say, those two were like right on the top edge for me as far as the tours. Um, but also uh, the tasting experience was actually pretty neat too because, A, you had I.W. Harper, Bladen Bow, and uh, Bullet. But Bullet And Bullet Rye. And Bullet Rye was one of the ones that kind and of turned yeah, Bullet 10. It was a big taste. Bullet Rye really turned me back on to the rye because it was such a smooth bourbon. So that was really memorable. I keep that one in the back of my head. Not because I really hadn't had that many good experiences with rye until I had that. And I thought, wow, that's a really good one. Uh, I think Russell's had a pretty good rye too. But um, And we made some cool friends in our tasting. We did. They, uh, <laughs> so, so Miliardo, a, a couple people that were supposed to be at the tasting didn't show. And so we had the tasting and then like our tour guide got up and everybody else walked out, but it was just us and like a group of what, three people, right? Three or, three or four. Yeah. So, so, and they sort of like looked at this, this mat full of whiskey and we looked at this mat full of whiskey and there was just sort of this like moment where we're like, you, you, you guys want to split some whiskey? <laughs> So we, we all grabbed up our favorite whiskey or whatever and, and did a little toast or whatever and got some extra. So that was kind of fun, too. That's awesome. And then what was after that? Heaven Hill. At, oh, we yeah. Heaven Hill. Then, we, then we took our happy asses back to Bardstown. We did the tour. Uh, no, we did not do We did. Yeah, we got there late yes. because we sort of s snuck bullet in there. Yes. It's a weller, right? right? And so we got there a little late, but then we did the, we did like the connoisseurs tasting. Yes. And that was interesting yes. because we ended up working our way up to a, a really top of the line bourbon. Yes. So that was unexpected. Well, I don't, uh, what was the name? I can't William Heaven Hill is oh. what we ended on. That's a $220, $250 bottle of bourbon. Very and unexpected. So we, we got to try that. I hadn't heard of it, to be um, honest with you, until we had it. Well, from my understanding, you can only get it at the distillery right now. But I don't know if that's true. But I'd heard that right now that's the only way to get it. And they did have it for sale while we were there. The, the price point didn't do it for me, but it was an, it was an yeah, excellent burger. It was good. It was very good. You know, so we enjoyed that tasting. So then we headed home. Yep. We stopped in Knoxville at a pub called Clancy's. Yep. And that is actually, ironically, where I discovered uh, the Colonel. Colonel E.H. Taylor, the Colonel. Tom Clancy's, right? Tom Clancy's, yeah. No, not Tom Clancy's. Yeah, Tom Clancy's. Um, Jack Ryan. And uh, yeah, we had a we had the small batch <laughs> and we had the single barrel there. I like the single barrel slightly better, but only slightly. Um, so you know the small batch. Yeah, that was a that was a pretty big discovery for me. Um, yeah, so that That's, was the trip that, that concluded it. I really have been working on like what we're going to do next year. Uh, you have finishing the bracket. All right, so right. Yes, that's, yes, absolutely. Yeah. yeah, so about that bracket, listeners, um, 
that was hard. Yeah. That was challenging. That was a lot of whiskey. We probably made it through about half, honestly. And our plan is to pick it back up and uh, finish it later and not do too many spoilers in the meantime. But, um, yeah, it was tough getting through that much uh, different quality whiskey and having something to say about it and not just on a time scale. It wasn't a drunk – I was worried about the drunk factor and about what it would do to our bodies. But it was more a factor of time. Like it was like we got to go to sleep because we got to get up tomorrow, you know? Well, and and we – we put ourselves in a bad spot when we we're like, well, let's take a break. Want to play beer pong? Sure. <laughs> That's true. <laughs> there was that. And honestly, the little bit of hangover that I did have that whole trip, it came from beer pong. It was from beer. Definitely yeah. from beer. Yeah. <laughs> That's just because you suck at beer pong, Corrales. Oh, yeah. my gosh. Right. <laughs> so we going to sip on this Rock Hill Farms or what? Yes. So Rock Hill Farms, you want to lead us into this one? Cheers, fellas. Cheers. <laughs> nice lead. Cheers. Hope you got that on audio. I did. That was beautiful. <laughs> that, that was, that was you, like buddy. angels singing. Interesting. Even though it's the same proofage as the E.H. Taylor, I think this one hits a little harder. Oh, definitely spicier. In terms of burn. Definitely spicier. But but that makes sense. It is a higher rye. So it's 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 you're tasting the spice, uh, not so much feeling it, you know? Right. But I, I agree. It definitely hits harder. Well, I, I'll put it this way. It hits harder up front. I don't think the finish is hard. No, no, I don't think so either. Yeah, no, uh, up front, nice and spicy. On the back end, you get nothing. As far as the spiciness, it's very smooth, much smoother. It hit me really hard on the front of my tongue, but then as I swallowed it, good. You're good. Um, Reminds me of like one of those green cars. No, no, no. One of those what? Green cars. Like a... What do they call it? A Prius. No exhaust. You know? Oh, okay. <laughs> I, man, that analogy, man. I, was, I wasn't ready for that. Uh, were you ready for that? It was a bad analogy. The engine's not revving. That's what I got from that. It's it's uh, silent installs. Oh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> the best analogies are the ones you have to explain. <laughs> and then have someone else mansplain for you. Right. So here, here's what I'm noticing about Rock Hill Farms that I'm surprised about. The the back end heat was stronger. I think that my chocolate, I talk about how it was way more intense in this one. I think that was more memory than reality. I do get it, but I think it's not that much more intense than the chocolate flavor in, in E.H. Taylor. I will say the apple flavor is a lot more intense in a good way. Yes. And it's it's a lot more of a pure green apple flavor, whereas once Freedom said caramel apple on E.H. Taylor, I was like, yeah, it's it's green apple, but it's it's a sweeter green apple. It's not as much tart. Yeah, the Taylor definitely has that sweeter base to it, and it's definitely got, a, I think, almost a creamy sweetness to it. You're exactly right, I think. The Rock Hill Farms is a – it's a much drier – I think it's just a much drier, spicier whiskey. And so when you get that green apple, yeah. it's like it, – it is green apple. It doesn't have that syrupy sweetness coating it. Now, I will say this. The one I had in at the Bluegrass Tavern, I got a lot more caramel. I got a lot more brown sugar. I still get the brown sugar, but the the apple comes through. So, like, to me, Rock Hill Farms is sort of green apple first, brown sugar second, where E.H. Taylor is very much brown sugar first. I mean, that's what's poured green apple in, in the background, you know? 
So I think it's really interesting that I, th I think the two whiskeys have, they have a lot in common, but the, the, it's almost like someone took the equalizers and just changed the balance of it. You know, I like that. I like that description. Yeah. And I do agree. Actually, I think I was wrong earlier. I think I misspoke. It does have a good bit of burn on the back end, but it is a flavor burn. It, it is that peppery burn. It's not an alcohol burn. I would agree with that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. But I, I just thought, you know, I was I was excited to try these two tonight because I think they complement each other really well. And I, I think it's interesting that they're two different mash bills, but they have so much in common. That's true. Do, do you think that means it's more of a barrel location? And I do. Like, I do. Interesting. And it makes me want to know more. But the problem is, I, I don't know how <laughs> I don't know how much you've geeked down about Rock Hill Farms, Miliardo, but it is so hard to find information about Rock Hill Farms. Yeah. You know, like Buffalo Trace just it's really strange. They're super transparent about certain things and not very transparent about others. And and Rock Hill Farms is one of those. They they really don't divulge a bunch of information. They're also that way with their marketing, which kind of pisses me off. Cause like they have pumped so much marketing into Blanton's. And right. Blanton's is good. Don't get me wrong. I'm a huge Blanton's fan. Right. But the fact that you can go to a Blanton-specific shop, if you so desire, and buy the most absurd Blanton's gear, can you do that for Rock Hill Farms? No. Can you do that for E.H. Taylor? No. I wanted some Rock Hill Farms glasses, and I haven't been able to find them. Me too. You can't even do that for Eagle Rare. Right. But like they, they pumped a lot of shit into Blanton's uh, in terms of marketing, and it's it's one of those weird things where it's like, I don't even think Blanton's is like I haven't had the the Pappy Van Winkles obviously, but like I wouldn't be surprised if Blanton's not even one of their top four products, and that's it's interesting to me. You know what I mean? It's interesting, right? Yeah. Freedom, what are your notes on this this little guy? All right, so here's what I'm getting. I had to write him down again, again on the nose. Well, that's because you're the stenographer and you write shit down. You're good at writing stuff. I have to, or I'll forget. Right. It's what I'm known for. So <laughs> on the nose, I'm getting caramel, of course, and I'm getting toffee. Um, on my tongue, I am still getting uh, chocolate. Not as pronounced uh, than the E.H. Taylor. I would say more of a sweeter chocolate on this one, more so than a dark chocolate. Um, I'm also getting some form of a dried fruit, and I'm thinking more of like a, a fig or a raisin. Um, I'm getting a little bit, a little bit of that, but I'm also getting uh, pepper. I feel like I'm getting a little bit of olive. I don't know where the olive is coming from. Very, very small. It, it just reminds me a little bit of brine, like you put in a martini or something. And that's that high rye, maybe. Maybe. Yeah. Miliardo and I, certain ryes we get, we get like a, a pickle brine. So that might be the fact that it's the high rye, that spiciness. Well, what's mo and and what's most interesting to me is I'm getting. More pepper. Like I said earlier, I'm getting the pepper on the front of my tongue, but on the back, I'm getting a salted, salted caramel. Anybody ever had salted caramel? Yeah. Before, that's yeah. what I'm getting as I'm, as it's going down the, the back of my tongue. Salted caramel. Yeah. Uh, I, I dig it. I, I think you're, you're spot on. Freedom, I'm jealous, man. You get so many more flavors from these things than I do. I love it. But, like, here's the thing. I don't think it's bullshit because you get a lot more flavors, but unlike the bullshit that we've seen in the past on, on labels, it's legit. When you say it, I'm like, okay, I can get that too now. Like, I, I see where he's coming from. 
and it actually opens up new flavors that I did not taste previously. And Corrales does this all the time for me too, where when he talks about what he's tasting, I'm like, I get that now. So I appreciate that because my, my, your, your notes were a lot more complex than mine and I'm, I'm getting more flavors now that you said those things. What I really appreciate, I think about both of these bourbons, more so the Rocky Hill Farms than the E.H. Taylor, but definitely both of them, is that they manage to be sweet and dry at the same time. And that was something I sort of, in my tasting notes, I kind of, I struggled with because I thought I understood what dryness meant. But then I started noticing that a lot of professionals, when they did notes, they, if it was sweet, it couldn't be dry. But to me, dryness is a mouthfeel where sweetness is a flavor. And, and I've been, but I've, but I've recently been reading some stuff where people have used the term sweet dry. And to me, both of these are sweet dry products. Now, I, to me, Rock Hill Farms is drier. The mouthfeel is definitely drier. It doesn't have that syrupy mouthfeel, mm -hmm. but they both have sweetness. Yep. But yes. like I said, I think the E.H. Taylor has that, that sweetness is very forward where with the Rock Hill Farms, the citrus, that dry apple citrus is very forward and the sweetness kind of takes a, you know, takes a secondary role. But I love both of them. I really do. Yeah. And I'm, I'm on board with that. I, I'm appreciating both of these a lot as well. I'm glad you turned me on to E.H. Taylor's because I, I like, um, to be honest with you, I had eyeballed it for a while, but when all of the Buffalo Trace products are always so readily available in every Target, CVS, Walgreens, Walmart in your area, <laughs> you are such a it's kind of like... You are such a dick. <laughs> and if all of them were readily available, I mean... where's my Blantons? Where's my Blantons, bitch? That's true. Blanton's is still a little bit, a little bit fritzy. But I mean, the fact is, at any point in time, I could get a Stag Junior or a Sazerac or an Eagle Rare or a Buffalo Trace or an you are e. such Taylor. A so anyway, that's my defense for why I never reached for this one before because there was other things that I was reaching for at the time. Um, but it, it's a good one, and I'm glad you made me me reach out for this because it is uh, it's very enjoyable. And I think you're correct in the way that this could be a sort of nicotine patch for when yeah. the uh, Rock Hill Farm cigarettes are just a right. little bit too it's like it's, it's when I need my Rock Hill Farm spits, you know, I, I can, during the week, I can get my E.H. Taylor, <laughs> you know. It'll get me through till Friday. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I'll definitely be purchasing some small batch when I get home because I know that a store that's got some. Yeah. No show. Oh, look at this guy. It's just, it's just Corrales. I might need you to buy me a couple bucks. Small bunch? Yeah. Okay. I'll look. I'll look. I know where they are. Gross, you have a problem. You have you have multiple dealers now. This is not good. I'm hoarding, man. Like I, I'm hoarding shit like there's gonna be an apocalypse tomorrow and I'm gonna need my small bunch. We don't it's know what end of time is, my man. Don't hesitate to invite me over right. when that comes. <laughs> yeah. You know? Oh, we're gonna have a hell of a party. All right, so let's give our official awards, right? So okay. the, the 2018 1068 Pubcast Bourbon Trail Trip. And I say it that specific because I hope there are many, many more. Oh, yeah. But for this one, yeah, I'm going to give my Milliardo's Mad Props to Willet. And I'm doing that because the tour guide there – I'm sorry, not the tour guide. The tasting guide there took someone that was not into bourbon – and had just had his taste buds fried by bourbon and was a little concerned about the rest of the trip at that exact moment and somehow suggested the flavors the same way you guys do now. 
and really changed the way I viewed bourbon and took me from somebody that did not like bourbon and considered himself a scotch guy to someone who has not had a scotch since that trip and considers himself a 100% bourbon guy. So my uh, Milliardo's Mad Props goes to Willet. And maybe it was a bit of a right place, right time thing. But either way, the person that was talking to us knew what they were doing. And they had the power of suggestion behind them. So big fan of Willet. And I, I will forever be a big fan of Willet because of that. When we're saying Mad Props, what are we talking about exactly? Are we choosing our favorite distillery? No, our favorite experience. Because I'll be up front. Like, I am probably going to be a... Wild turkey. Yeah, I'm, I'm going to be the wild turkey guy of the bunch. And I say that knowing that a lot of their products are shit. And I, I, I have <laughs> I have openly and outspokenly talked some shit about Russell Reserve. I don't know if I would oh, say a man. lot of their products. No. It's just, it's a flavor profile I don't yeah. appreciate as much. But Until you've had them all. But then you can say something. No, no, I am saying a lot of their products are shit. Like I, I think the Russell's Reserve Ten is shit. I'm willing to extrapolate and assume the six year is shit. Oh, don't do that. (laughs) I'm willing to extrapolate the red uh, bourbon. I'm going to have it. I haven't had it yet. I'm going to try it sometime. But I'm willing to extrapolate and say that red bottle is probably not that great either. You write, you write off the entire Russell's Reserve line, and they're doing that honey liqueur bullshit. I mean, they have their flaws, and I'm not. ignorant of them but i'm still gonna be their their fanboy for a while that's how i feel about buffalo trace man making a vodka get the fuck out of here with that buffalo trace like what are you doing (laughs) what are you doing you know this is america that's white dog no, no just kidding. Vodka. I forgot they did a it vodka. It is vodka. Right. I forgot no, they did No, and the fact that I get Har- that, but like fact, I don't get that. The fact that Harlan Wheatley, one of the most renowned master distillers, wants to make a vodka and put his name on it and all the shit you could have done. And I think a lot of it is because he truly is a chemical he's a chemical engineer by trade. And he is a master distiller at heart. And vodka is a distiller's whiskey or a distiller's liquor because it the art is in the distilling, not the aging, because there is no aging. It's all about, you know, but to me it's like Buffalo Trace. Come on, dude. Like you're way off you're you're off brand there, you know. What you're describing is a distillery who's so talented in so many ways that they're going out and trying something random and it, it wasn't a hit. I'm describing how like this would be like if suddenly Ford realized that the Focus and the Taurus and the Tempo all just blew. I mean, it's like a big wing of the of the Wild Turkey lineup that I just think sucks. Right. But yeah. But no, but for this purpose, I was thinking the experience that you had in that moment, in that trip. And for me, that's why Willett gets the Milliardo's mad props. Oh, cool. Freedom, what's your fist bump going to be? I've got a little bit of an internal conflict. I'm, I'm, I've got two that I was really impressed with. But I think it comes down to the bourbon itself. Because both tours were very enlightening and very entertaining and very, um, you know, I, I was well in tune with what the the tour guides were saying but i think can i can i guess which ones yeah yeah go ahead can i guess yeah buffalo trace and stitzel yeah those are the two yeah Yeah, for sure um both both of those were spot on with the tour guides um for me at least and i would even give stitzel weller a uh a, a slight edge over buffalo trace on the tour but when it comes down to it the whiskey is what matters to me more so than the uh than the tour itself 
So I'm going to give my fist bump to Buffalo Trace because I, I dug everything that they put in front of me in a glass. It stuck more in my mind than everything else did. I really enjoyed that. Yeah, and I, Freedom, I would say like Buffalo Trace was probably my second favorite. And one of the best things was that all three of us were there. I mean, it was cool. Like, And it was the last one, so maybe there's a bit of like rose-colored glasses on that. But it was a really fucking sweet sweet distillery well and guys the the thing is too so buffalo trace when they aren't under construction and of course as we've already said like every every, almost every distillery we went to was expanding buffalo trace is expanding in a big way i I don't know if i told you the statistics i read the other day in 19 in 1995 buffalo trace was making twelve thousand barrels a year last year they made over two hundred thousand barrels Speaks volumes on what they, they're putting out. Yeah, yeah and how popular they are. Yeah, it really hot. does. You know. But because of that, because of the construction, we um some of the you know, some of the tours, they do six different tours. There were only three available because of the construction, and two of those are only during the week. So we basically did the very basic tour, which I'm I'm hoping next year with us going hopefully maybe during a weekday or group of weekdays, we'll be able to get in one of the hard hat tours. But what I would really like to do is do the EH tour, like the uh, bourbon um, archaeology tour, where you actually see some of the old EH Taylor, um, like holding vats and stuff from the, the old factory that was basically built on top of. Um, yeah. Well, I mean, Corrales, you're unemployed during the summer, right? I, yes. Yes, I am. Un- <laughs> <laughs> So it's really just going to be up to freedom in my schedule. Yeah. Right. So I go feral three months out of the year. So (laughs) um, that's, it's really important part of my life. So yeah, I mean, I'm game for definitely a weekday. So, and freedom just does whatever the hell he wants. Yeah. And we, and we know Miliardo does because I, I mean, I got a, uh, I got an aged letter from the front of northern mexico yesterday in my whiskey so in my whiskey package so i mean you got all kinds of free have time. you been curious at all about how i aged that are you at all curious as to what i did to that that was a normal piece of paper by the way that was a standard right. white yeah. eight eight and a half by 11 sheet of paper were you at all curious i believe that it was coffee diluted with water oh shit son how did you know that uh i could smell the coffee a little bit Wow. And I'm a history teacher. You, you think I've never seen some kid try to age a letter before? <laughs> so freedom, fun fact. If you ever spill some coffee on a piece of parchment, it will look like it was from the 1800s. So uh, that's what I did to Corrales' letter to make it look antiquated. Yeah. I need to read that letter. Uh, can I read the letter for the podcast? You do need to read that letter. All right. Please. All right. Please I'll read, read the, letter. the letter for the podcast like as when we close tonight. Oh, perfect. I was impressed. I was impressed. But uh, but yeah, like I was reading it and I was like, did he do this shit with coffee? And I sniffed it and I was like, that <laughs> son of a bitch did this with coffee. Yeah, man. So I was impressed. Well, well done, sir. But anyway, well yeah, done. so I'm, I'm, well I'm looking forward to next year. I, I, it, I'll tell you too, man, there's this huge piece of bourbon trail that we didn't do. And that is Whiskey Road. We spent very little time in Louisville. And there is a lot of stuff yes. popping off yes. in Louisville. Old Forester just opened their new distillery there in Louisville. They've got their museum. There's Rabbit Hole. Uh, I want to. I really want to go to the Silver Dollar, which is sort of a bluegrass tavern type bar 
in um, in Louisville. I mean, there there's a whole there's so much stuff we didn't do. There's a distillery southwest of everybody. Who was the distillery that's off by themselves? Um, really fucking far southwest away from Louisville. There's one distillery that's by themselves. I looked it up. Who who was it that we that we didn't get to? Well, it's 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 very much out of the way, and I was surprised when I saw how far out of the way it was. Um, here it is. It is Oz Tyler. Okay. Okay. Oz Tyler is on the Bourbon Trail, and it's in Owensboro, which, based on just like an hour and a half right? geometry here, that's got to be like it's got to be like two hours away from Louisville. Holy crap! That's my guess. Yeah, maybe an hour and a half. It was two and a, it was two and a half hours from our cabin. Okay, but okay, it's out there. I'll tell you what else I want to do, man. I really want to go to Independent Stave Company. I, I want to go to the cooperage and do the tour. Yes, that'd that, be cool, dude. That shit's supposed to be cool too, man. Like you're you're wearing a hard hat and safety glasses and have like the the like headset on because it is. I mean, it's not like a polished tour. You're walking around an actual working cooperage, so I really want to see that. Can we take one home? A headset? No. A, a barrel? Yeah, <laughs> I hope so. That'd be awesome. Because I've made up my mind that I'm yes. gonna do some stilling. I'm gonna do some distilling eventually. Freedom, were you there when I broke the news to Corrales about how distilling works? What? Yeah, Corrales said he wanted to do some distilling. He wanted to make some bourbon. And I broke the bad news to him, which was that if he buys one barrel to do this with at a time, he's looking at maybe, if he's lucky, he can do this ten times over the course of his oh, life. Oh, yeah, yeah, Maybe? Yeah. Yeah, that's all right. That's good enough so, for like, me, he's bro. Gotta get the cl- clock's ticking, bro. You gotta get started. Yeah, you ha- you kind of have to. Well, and, and there's and there's no reason I can't be dipping into that barrel a little right. bit every year. You should be, you know. And you could also buy like ten barrels at a time and do one every year. Yeah, I can always just have some moonshine parties too, man. You know. But <laughs> so here's the deal. I also really want to go to Vendum, the the copper manufacturer that makes all the oh. steels that we went past. God. They do they do a tour too. And so, I mean, like, to me, I think, like, this next summer, I really kind of want the theme to be, like, the process of whiskey. Like, I want to see it all. I want to I want to see the cooperage. I want to oh. see the steel manufacturer. You know, so. So, 2018 was Angel's Tears. Yes, 2019 Angel's Tears. is. Um, the Devil's. Hmm, I don't know. I'm going to have to think on that. <laughs> mm. So, Kraus, who has your award? So, first of all. There, I, I have a couple honorable mentions. Okay, so <laughs> I like the of course you do. Of course you do. It's yeah. honorable. So, so I I started. All, Everybody gets a ribbon. So I, yeah, everyone gets a participation medal. I mean, I, come on, I work for a socialist process. Come on. So I um I started off on the Bourbon Trail. My favorite, my go-to whiskey, my favorite distillery was Four Roses. Uh, Four Roses is still absolutely one of my favorite distilleries. I love Four Roses. I, I was fortunate. Freedom just brought me my my, my first two barrel selects, OBSK, I believe. So I am on my way to collecting the 10 recipes. So I'm sorry. The the Four Roses I got is O-E-S-K. Anyway, super stoked about that. Big Four Roses fan. But not your favorite anymore. Not my favorite anymore. Wow. The trip to bourbon country, my discovery of Rock Hill Farms, thanks to my wife, my discovery of E.H. Taylor, thanks to Clancy's Pub in Knoxville. Buff- Buffalo Trace is definitely my favorite distillery. 
And and I feel I feel yeah. almost like such a bandwagoner because everyone is just so excited about Buffalo Trace, but it really is just delicious bourbon. And and they they have a distinct flavor profile that I really, really enjoy. Um I don't necessarily go crazy about all their products. As I told you guys, I, I tried the Elmer uh the Elmer T. Lee this weekend and thought I would really like it and had heard good things and it it really it I didn't dislike it, but it it, it really didn't do it for me. Um yeah. But but overall I just love the Buffalo Trace product line. And I have to say, I think it was my second favorite distillery tour. The distillery is beautiful. And kind of like you said, Miliardo, it's beautiful without trying so hard. <laughs> you know, it's just a really neat place. And there's yeah. a lot of history. I appreciate that. There's really no other way to describe it than they have a swagger. Yes. From every every person there just has this sort of like, we're badass and we fucking know it. Swagger. And I I love that. I appreciate the hell out of that. Yeah, they're the real deal. Like they don't have to try hard. They they really are the real deal, you know. So 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 Buffalo Trace gets my highest honorable mention. Four Roses gets my my like my respect sort of like chest bump, like fist in the air, like I feel you four roses. The tour wasn't great because there wasn't that much of a tour because they're under construction. I get that. They're still making a quality right. product and they're yeah. doing it in such a meticulous way and such a unique way with the 10 recipes that they're able to make a genius product consistent. And so I respect that. So Four Roses wins the gold in the Special Olympics. Continue. Yes. <laughs> Four Roses gets the bronze. All right. Buffalo Trace gets the silver. <laughs> all right. Woodford Reserve gets the gold. Really? Yes. Woodford Reserve gets the gold, not because of their product. All right. I, I like Woodford, but I don't love Woodford. All right. But what they're doing at the old crow plant as a history teacher, I, I just have a profound respect for the appreciation that they've shown for the history of bourbon. And the fact that they they saved that distillery and they brought that distillery back and they've presented it in such a beautiful way, um, that that to me gets the Corrales commendation. That was the pinnacle um, distillery as far as the visit for me. And the fact that the tour guide broke out into Danny Boy or whatever the fuck she was singing, that didn't really detract the experience from you? No? It, it sort of – it was cringeworthy and it terrified me a little bit to be quite <laughs> honest. But no, the the beauty was just – it was just – it was unbelievable. Just driving in was like, are you are you fucking kidding me? Like this – is this for yeah. real? It was just amazing. And and I'll be honest too, man. Like $45, all-you-can-eat buffet – bluegrass right. playing on the porch drinking bourbon like get the fuck out of here like are you kidding me woodford reserve this is yeah. amazing you know yeah listeners i agree with corrales i can't reiterate this enough it is something you cannot miss if you're a bourbon fan it is it is a remarkable experience and the value in the quality food and experience that you get for that 45 dollars, man i would do that Every time we go there, no questions. Oh, yeah. I would give up a lot of other distilleries that I enjoyed just to do that one if that was the case because of how how impactful that was. Exactly. Exactly. And 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 that's kind of my thing. Like if someone told me, hey, I went and I did the bourbon trail, the first thing I would ask them is, did you go to Woodford Preserve? And if they said no, I would be highly disappointed. Right. And so that's sort of how I'm judging this. It, it's not 
It's not based on the product. It it really was based on the experience. And I I have one well, I uh, have one more. You would ahead. you wouldn't be disappointed. You would make them be disappointed they didn't go. Oh, I would shit on their day. I would shit on their day so hard. You can't fault them because they didn't know. I, I would tell them you that basically like, they you didn't. You fucked up. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I, I would basically tell them that they didn't do the bourbon trail. And I would tell them, well, you better go back and do that shit again because you didn't do it right. And so and so that's why I chose Woodford. It really is the must-see trip. All right. So, so we have my bronze. We have the silver. We have the gold. I would like to do... Uh, what do I call this? The Corrales' crazy commendation to the liquor store in Bardstown. <laughs> I had a blast. Like I had, I had so much yeah. fun in that liquor store trying to get whiskey out of that guy. Like, and he was having fun too. Like yeah. that, that was really like, honestly, in some ways, that was the most memorable part of the trip for me. Like I really, <laughs> I really enjoyed that. And and I believe he went by Sam, right? I never learned his name. I, I don't know. It was definitely Sam. Sam, I will be back. Just so the listeners can kind of get a, a a small sneak peek of Sam, the sketchy motherfucker. We went to this liquor store. We go out and there's nothing on the shelves. So we're a little disappointed. I mean, they have some stuff. And, it, you know, they had Buffalo Trace. They had Eagle Rare. They had stuff that's hard to find if you're not from Kentucky, probably, or Indiana, where I live, because there's Buffalo Trace everywhere. But for you guys, hard you are to find. such a dick. Yeah, I am a dick. But, um, Nothing that was like drop your pants and bend over worthy. And so we're, I think we're leaving disappointed and he can see the disappointment in our faces. And he's like, well, what are you looking for? And I believe it was Corrales that spoke. Yeah. And you said Rock Hill Farms, right? Right. Yeah. Cause we had already been to Toddy's, which, which is really a destination yeah. place. It used to be owned by Toddy Bean, very historic kind of Bardstown landmark. And uh, we went there, and I was looking for Rock Hill Farms, and uh, my wife's recommendation was she will never let me live down. And uh, <laughs> he's like, well, we just had it. So it is out, but, but we are out of it. So we went to this other place, and yeah, so I asked for it. Go ahead and tell the story, Milliard. I like your story. Basically, we're leaving, and the guy sees the disappointment on Carlos's face, and he's like, well, what are you looking for? And Carlos says, Rock Hill Farms. And... Did he, at first, did he say he didn't have any, or did he say, he, I have one? Well, at first he said, yeah, I haven't seen that in a little while. That's right. I haven't seen that in several weeks is what he said. Right. And then when he saw the further disappointment, he said, I have one bottle. Yeah, it, with this, with this so, like, so, eat shit grin on his face. Like, this <laughs> shit-eating grin on his Yeah. <laughs> to which Corrales responds... Is it for sale? <laughs> and he says, yes. And Krauss says, how much? And he, he presents a price that is acceptable. So Krauss is like, okay, I would like that. And then he brings it out. And by bring it out, I mean he goes into a room that is locked and invisible to patrons and brings out this, this uh, <laughs> nice bourbon. So at this point, Krauss is like, well, do you have any Weller? And he's like, I have some Weller. So he goes into the back room. And pulls out a Weller, right? But the funny thing was, both of those were his last bottle. His respective last bottle of Rock Hill Farms and his last bottle of <laughs> Weller. Um, at which point, you were wishing for more Rock Hill Farms. I was. And then he, and his he, last bottle became two last bottles. And and we we were kind of shooting the shit with him, too. You know, it's almost like we had right, to yeah. sort of like, we had to play the game. 
we had to prove we weren't cops or something. I mean, it was that it was it was that kind of vibe to it. It really was. <laughs> so at this point, he's like making deals with us. If we buy both Rock Hill Farms and the Weller, we get this discount or whatever. Um, and it it actually now that I know more about Weller Twelve Year, it was a de- it was pretty decent discount. He was being shitty for retail, but he was being decent for what people are actually paying for him. You know. Yeah. Decent for the Rock Hill, very decent for the Weller 12. Yeah. Yeah. So we leave and we bump into someone else at Kroger because Kroger there is, it sounds silly, but they had a really, really good selection, including a signed bottle of, what was that signed bottle? It was signed by the distiller. It was Jim Beam Black Label. Yeah, a signed bottle of Jim Beam Black for the normal price of regular Jim Beam Black at a Kroger. It was weird. Yeah, Fred, I mean, because Fred lives right down the road. So Fred No just went and signed all the black labels. <laughs> Fucking cool. But um, anyway, so they did not have a lot of the same stuff that that sketchy guy had. And there were some ladies in there that were wanting um, Weller. And we kind of – it was one of those things where it's like you don't want to let the competition know about the watering hole. But at the same time, you can tell they're thirsty. So you're like <sighs> – we should probably let them have some water. So we tell the competition about the the sketchy guy with the weller, not even knowing whether or not he had more. We just assumed he had more because of what he did with the Rock Hill Farms. We're like, he probably has weller. And so they drive over there. We drive back over there. Well, because and, yeah, they were nice ladies from Texas. So we, we kind of, you know, we helped them out. And uh, they're like, we're going to, all right, we're going to go get that box. And they did, sure enough. Like they went right over there. And yeah. I kind of turned to you, I think. I should have bought another. <laughs> so then we go back and we already know Sam. So we just walk up to the front of the store and I was like, Sam, can I get another bottle of Weller? And he's like, all right, I got you. So he pops, you sketchy motherfucker. He pops out this bottle of Weller. All right. The woman, they, her and her friend had kind of been walking around, you know, doing the thing. And so he's got my bottle of Weller green label. And she comes up and asks for a bottle of Blanton's. So she, he, he had the smaller bottle. So he hooked her up with some Blanton's. And then she kind of looks at me. And I look at her. And I look at <laughs> Sam. And I say, is this your last bottle of Weller? And he said, yeah. And I said, all right, well, I've already got a bottle. So she can have this bottle of Weller. And he said, okay. Right. And then what happened? Well, then we're leaving, and he makes this weird, like, hand gesture that I assumed meant goodbye, but <laughs> apparently it meant don't go away. I'm a sketchy motherfucker that has more Weller. So, like, we go and get in the car. <laughs> we're in the truck, cranked up, ready to go, and he comes out of the <laughs> store like, where are you guys going? And and I looked at him. I was him and, telling you, I had more Weller. <laughs> and and he, like, says it in a way like he's got shit tons of it. Like, he's like... I have more Weller, like, what the fuck are you doing, you know? Right. <laughs> so we go back in the store, and we buy our Weller. And then, we're not done with Sam yet, because what was it, two days later, I was like, you know what, I should have bought that 12-year. And I go back in, and he, and sure enough, he's he we walk in, and he's got this shit-eating grin on his face, like, I knew you'd be back, you <laughs> weak-ass motherfucker. I knew you'd be here. You have no backbone. So anyway, I come back. And he's grinning. He's like, oh, back already? I didn't think I'd see you till next year. And it's like, all right, Sam, just take my money. And I, uh, and, but true to his word, and I appreciate this, 
he he sold me that um that twelve year Weller for a hundred, which is it's a decent price. Yeah. So it is. And what is the um you asked him a question. It was like, Do you have this? And he raised his nose at you and looked down his nose and said, Which year? <laughs> what was that? Oh my gosh. Um You remember what I'm talking about, right? Yeah, it was a uh, William LaRue Weller, I believe. Oh. And and this is where we entered. Honestly, when that happened, I think is when I opened some doors. Yeah. Because so yeah, so I asked him if he had any BTAC, which is Buffalo Trace Antique Collection, and he said yes. And I said, "Do you have any <laughs> William Larue Weller?" And he said, "Which year?" And you could tell, like, I mean, he he, he had to have had a hard on behind the counter. So he's just loving it. So he's like, he said, which stroke it? Yeah, stroke it. <laughs> so he said, which year? And I look at him and I'm like, it doesn't matter, you know. Come on. And you asked him how much, and what did he say? He said, you know how much. Oh, <laughs> and I was like, all right, like, so so on one hand, it's like, okay, I'm clear, I'm not gonna be able to buy this bottle of Weller. On the other hand, this guy at least knows that I know the game. You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> right. You guys bonded in that moment. Yeah. And he literally said, you know the price. <laughs> yeah. And I looked at him and I said, $600? And he, he shook his head. I was like, all right, well, you can keep that. <laughs> yeah. So, oh, you know, I, I had a freaking blast with Sam, man. You know? Yeah. Did you ever call him up? I, I haven't, but I, I do have his number and everything. He told me to, you know, if there's anything else like, hey, for. How's that? How's that William LaRue looking right about now? <laughs> He'll say, you know how it's looking. <laughs> so, Krause, do you want to read the letter as a closeout? I do. All right, are we ready? We're ready. All right. And and I'll, I'm going to tell you what my, well, you're going you're gonna to be able to tell what my favorite part is in the way that I read it. <laughs> All right. My dearest Corrales. I am much nearer the front now, and we moved here last Tuesday. It was a long march, and of course done at night. Did you look up what billet means? No, I uh Is that a I word actually, you used? I looked up old timey war letters <laughs> and I found one from the Revolutionary War and I just like modified it for my purposes. <laughs> that's so that's like a real that's actually a real letter that I butchered. Yeah. And here's the deal. You know as well as I know that as a history teacher, I, I ate that shit up, man. Like, I opened this and I was oh, like, yeah. Billet, look at your boy, you know? All right. <laughs> Back to reading. And our present billet is a farm, or the remains of one, in a large village about three-quarters mile from the trenches, more north than we were before and nearer the Canadian frontier. It is an – this is my favorite. This is my favorite part. It is an awfully desolate spot and constantly under snow. This morning I was trying to get a sleep in the corn when absolutely nothing interesting happened. Not 50 yards away <laughs> and sent a shower of boredom and mediocrity in our direction. <laughs> that shit That's cracked funny. me up. That you almost got hit with a boredom mortar. That's amazing. <laughs> Fortunately, no one was hit. Another burst in the same field ten minutes afterwards. Then I thought it was time to shift, so I went into a barn. 
There are a number of dugouts around, but they are so cold and you might get buried inside. The farm is a vile place with a lot of stagnant water around and a lot of pigs make poop here. <laughs> make pigs, pigs, pigs make poop here. <laughs> the barn where we sleep would be improved if a shell struck the roof and ventilated it in our absence. As the smell inside is bad, it makes it nearly necessary to wear a respirator. That part was all original, by the way. That 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 was due to the original author, which really? I appreciated. He had a sense of humor. Yeah, the the barn smell from the would be improved if the roof. Ah, uh, maybe I might have the wrong war because I I history about as well as you math. But he did say that the barn roof would improve the smell if it was blown off. Yeah, I think this is World War One. To be honest, maybe like talking about trenches and respirators. I, I'm pretty yeah. sure it's a World War One yes. letter. Yeah, there you go. But wasn't that cool that he had that sense of humor where he was like, right. "The barn would improve if they blew the roof off." Yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh -huh. The rats seem to object to our company as they often have a free fight on top of us. Last night was my first experience in the trenches, and we returned to billet this morning. The den is simply yeah. This is definitely World War One. The den is simply awful, <laughs> and just lately the big guns have been giving the enemy beans every night. I am glad to say we had no casualties, although the sound of, of your youth slipping away from you was heard at times, especially on our left, <laughs> where the northern Mexicans made an attack on the Indianan troops. The Illinoisians' <laughs> fire was simply terrific all night, and the Mexicans north of the border did not reply very much. <laughs> It was fine to watch the flashes of our guns at our backs, although the screaming of the shells overhead is at first rather scarring, to say the, the least of it. However, the news we hear from day to day at this part of the front is very cheerful and encouraging. Yesterday, I came across an Indiana soldier who su surprisingly could speak English very <laughs> That shit is real life, by the way. Surprisingly, could speak English very well, and he thought another month would see the war over. Also, a North Mexican officer captured near here said it could not go on very much longer. I, for one, hope these remarks will prove correct. The church here is practically demolished, just some of the walls and towers standing, and the churchyard is in a bad state. Great holes have been made and bones exposed. In these holes is water sufficiently deep to drown anybody. Great stone vaults have been opened and coffins and bodies can be seen. Of course, the place here is not inhabited except by soldiers. I have been through some of the big houses and plenty of good carved Xbox Ones, bourbons, <laughs> tentacle pornography, <laughs> etc. Still... <laughs> I read that I went I read that one to Lady Corrales and she looked at me like, What the fuck are you guys into? Still remain in them. I also have been in some of the gardens and roses just coming into bloom can be seen in great numbers. I should like to see them at home. Well, I must close now, and I hope you are all keeping well. Again, thanking you all for our good wishes. For you did you mean to put Roarever yours? <laughs> 
F and the R right next to each other on the keyboard. No, that was probably a typo. Okay, yeah. so I'm going to go ahead and read it. So, wherever yours, Miliardo. <laughs> yes, cat posters. You weird son of a bitch. Uh, <laughs> totally. But the part with the boredom mortars blasting off, <laughs> that shit was so funny, man. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> Uh, I had a blast. I had a blast. As soon as Sherry got home, I was like, you got to hear this shit. Like, you got to hear this. <laughs> oh, man. And and uh, and MJ, will she will definitely appreciate her letter as well. Yeah, Freedom, I don't know if you heard, but I filled MJ's box with quotes from cat posters. The, the whole top of her box <laughs> is just a letter made out of quotes from cat posters. Like, hang in there and... <laughs> Uh, the time is now. <laughs> oh. <laughs> Why? This is the stuff Miliardo does when he's at work. <laughs> I was at work, that's factual. But I love how there's a cat poster that says, hang in there. And there's also a cat poster that says, give up. Because anybody that hangs in there for too long just looks stupid. No, I noticed that. I was like, man, these cats are kind of sending like mixed signals, man. Thank you for listening to our show. The 1068 Pub is closing. We'll be back with more beer and more shit we find entertaining. If there are certain beers you'd like us to try, or if you have any comments about our show, you can reach out to us at 1068pubcast at gmail.com. And welcome to... No, that's so dumb. That was what you did. And welcome to... <laughs> there it is. There it was. It wasn't as good as mine, but you know, you it try. It was not. We're gonna, so we're going to drink those two in a little bit, but do we want to give some superlatives well, for I our trip? Well, I haven't talked about what we're drinking yet. What? Talk faster. I was still talking about Rock Hill Farms, my friend. You're a little right. old, right. buddy. Okay, right. you got You have to set the mood, man. Is this mm. just this how you do business? That's why you got two kids. You just jump right to it. Well, do you want to? What do you say, we guys? Uh, what do you guys say? We? What am I trying to say? I don't know. Try first. Mm-hmm. Did you just toot? Is that what that was? No. No. <laughs> <laughs> I think that was uh, Corral was putting something on the counter. That's amazing. Mm. That up yeah, that was, that was, mm-hmm. that was mm-hmm. a good. I went. I went to get us some coasters so that every time we put our glass down, it didn't bang against this table we're working on. Oh, I thought you mm-hmm. just wanted it because it said Buffalo oh, Trace. Been, oh, <laughs> yeah, <it was> <laughs> uh, and the truth comes out. The there truth. is the fact that I'm fancy as fuck, you know. So there's that. All right, so we're gonna have to cut right there for a second because <laughs> I, I think I might have left my uh, computer charger at school. No shit. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry, guys. Shit. So hang on. Let me let me save this real quick. Fuck. Hmm. Holy crap. Oh man. I hope man, I can. I can't believe I did that shit, man. <laughs> Dude, I can. <laughs> God. I can totally uh, believe that happened. Yeah, it's the I most can. believable thing I've heard all day, actually. That's ridiculous. <laughs> <laughs> Hey, hey, you cool it. Really? <laughs> oh, boy, you were just asleep a second ago. Is that the new puppy? That would be the puppy. All right, so, Freedom, your voice is coming through well. Corral says it's not. Was there something different you guys were doing? Can you hear me now? Yeah, that's good. That was good.
All right. All right. Oh, he's being a dick. He's got it pointed towards him. How's that? That's perfect. That was nice. That's sexy. All right. Like I'm I'm feeling Freedom, into you, you right now. Uh okay, cool, bro. Are you cool? Are you <laughs> Are we sure? Uh Freedom, go ahead and talk. I don't know if I want to anymore. Well, to be fair, he didn't say you sounded sexy. He said I sounded sexy. Yeah, gotcha. Yeah, my asshole's only so big. Actually, is the front runner uh, of the bourbons in our blind taste test. Spoilers. Spoilers. Oh, shit. Yeah, sorry. Um, (laughs) Anyway. Anyway. All right. So you can fix that. So here's here's my vote, guys. Let's do Rock Hill Farms. Let's enjoy that, and then we'll go back and do our votes for the best uh, best distillery. All right, cool, cool. We can each have a flashy award, like you know, it could be Freedom's fist bump, right? Because that's alliterative. Um, Corrales's commendation. I dig it. Uh, is that is that is that good? Yeah, I'll take and it. And Miliardo's mad props. When we're saying mad props, what are we talking about exactly? It's, you know, it's like the Pulitzer Prize, but for Miliardo, and it has to be alliterative. Oh, okay. So that's why, like, for re- Freedom could give the the fist bump, right? The Freedom fist bump, yeah? And you guys can name yours whatever you want. You don't have to stick to my rules. Like, uh, just be alliterative. I feel like it has to be alliterative. So, but, so you want us to not follow your rules, but follow the rule? Exactly. Got it. Cool. You get it. Freedom. Yeah. Freedom, what's your fist bump going to be? I do like the fist bump idea. I can't. I can't think of anything better. I was trying. Freedom's fist bump. That sounds really good. So, Kraus, who has your award? Which distiller? And what is your award, by the way? Have you? What's your award going to be? I, I actually, I'm a big fan of Corrales's commendation. There you go. That sounds classy as fuck, and that's how Look I look at Miliardo. He got them all right yeah. on the first try. Yeah, Yay! No, I, I dig it. I dig it. And I have to say, I think it was my second favorite distillery. It was favorite. <laughs> so, Krause, do you want to read the letter as a closeout? I do. Uh, where, where'd I Wait, put it? where the hell did he put it? Where'd I put it? <laughs> Is it with your charger? <laughs> Let me go get it. 